Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 282. I am your host, Bill Stahl. This year, we've highlighted several runners who have logged incredible achievements and longer distance events at a young age. Remember Lauren Wojcik, who had never raced longer than a 6K and yet crushed the Leadville Trail 100? This next performance caught my eye, and the guy is right in my backyard. Boulder-based Charlie Lawrence last month broke the 50-mile world record previously held by veteran ultra runner and current UTMB champion Jim Walmsley. Charlie is 28, self-coached, and his previous longest run had been 35 miles. He completed the distance in 4 hours, 48 minutes, 21 seconds at the Tunnel Hill 50-mile in Illinois, averaging 5.46 per mile. Yeah, averaging 5.46 for 50 miles. Wow. Wow. I I like that Charlie didn't run it on a track or in an artificial environment either, but in an actual race on a mostly gravel surface with some hills. Charlie, a native of Foley, Minnesota, got the inspiration to challenge the record, which he was actually confident he would secure, from American two-time Olympian Des Linden after helping pace her to a 50K world record. After sitting out most of 2022 with a sacral stress fracture, Charlie left his running group and set out on his own, upped his volume into the 140 miles per week range, and added some beastly track workouts as well. Charlie, who will line up to run the Olympic Trials Marathon this February, feels that the speed work he does for 26.2 miles definitely helps him at longer distances as well. It's a fun story as Charlie rose from a decent high school runner who took two Minnesota state titles in the 3,200 meters to being a contributing All-Big Ten performer at the University of Minnesota to being good enough to run in the Olympic Trials Marathon in 2022, yet not threatened to make the team, to busting through with a world record at a totally new distance for him. We hit on everything here, including his pacing strategy, his fueling, his extraordinary focus, his upcoming goals, and even the stories behind his tattoos. He's a really nice and engaging guy, so I hope you enjoy this. But hey, guys, the end of 2023 is coming, and the new year is rolling up on us quickly, and you know what that means. This is a great opportunity to lay the groundwork to hit your 2024 goals. Maybe you're planning to travel somewhere sunny this winter to compete, whether it's a 5K, a sprint triathlon, or something longer like a, sprint ma- like a spring marathon, Ironman distance triathlon, or an ultra marathon. It's great to get some recovery time during the holidays, but don't let it carry over until the spring and put yourself in a hole until summer. So give me a shout. I might be your ideal coach and and motivator to inject my years of experience as both a competitor and a coach, along with my brand of positivity to help you excel, whether it's a new PR or to complete your dream race, all while balancing training with your daily life. And we will work to keep you out of the doctors and PT's offices by performing core work, hip and glute strengthening, weights or body work, and plyometrics to help your body be more resilient. I can also help work with you on your mental training, which is often overlooked, and with nutritional ideas too. It doesn't matter where on the planet you're at, I can coach runners and triathletes anywhere using online tools. So shoot me a message at silly underscore billy at msn.com or on Facebook or Instagram messengers and we can talk to see if I can help you propel your training forward. Okay, now here is Charlie Lawrence and me.
Hey, greetings, Charlie. Thanks for coming to the Hive. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. I, you know, I'm I'm in Boulder. You're down on Wheat Ridge. Easy, yep. easy commute. So absolutely, especially, especially midday, like we're doing. So. Yeah, we got a beautiful Colorado day here. Um, we don't. We try not to let people know that this is actually Colorado weather. It's sunny. You can probably play golf in some places. You can go skiing in other places. So it's pretty tough. Yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned that. One of my one of my best friends. He biked with me. Here's my bottle. Um, did my bottle service yesterday for my 25 miler. He uh, was, eh, it could be sunny. It looks like it might be 40, 50. Might go hit the fairways tomorrow. We'll see Charlie. So hopefully he's, uh, <laughs> hopefully he's skipping on to work and, and on the fairways right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it's great you can do that here. So it's cool. You got your run in this morning? Running this morning. Yeah. yeah. So Mondays, Mondays are my one day um, that I just run once. So because I, I see my massage therapist this afternoon. So gotcha. Um, it's just my kind of peer recovery day coming off a weekend or a Sunday long run. So yeah, I got yep. just easy 14 in this morning. So a couple of my uh, former teammates, actually a few of my former teammates this morning is from Tom Watson Park in Boulder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, knocked him out and now we're here. So. Yeah. So uh, you've been around a lot of different teams, if you would like. Teammates from where did you run with today? Uh, former Roots teammates. Okay. So yeah. Yep. So those guys, um, still some of my best friends, you know, um, that was one of the hardest things when I left the group this summer um, was those guys, you know, they're truly some of my best friends and obviously as a group, you know, you look at just the PRs of everyone, you know, Noah, Frank, um, Stinney, um, Sydney, Gitabuda, I mean, those guys are right. two, 209 to 214, you know, like Not me, shabby. Being, yeah, me being a 216 guy coming in where there's some days where it's, yeah, I'm, I'm on fire on a long run, but then you go to a fart like the next next Wednesday or something and I'm number 12 on the team, you know, getting <laughs> getting housed in a, in a fart like averaging, you know, 510 to 515 and, you know, Frank's averaging sub five for a fart like. You yeah, know, so it's just like, all right, but it's uh, it was a great, great group. Um, yeah, it's, it's always one push thing, each other. Yeah, one thing about the sport, it'll always humble you because there's, uh, you know, I heard somebody just talking yesterday about they were in some race, it's like, but there's always somebody behind you, there's always somebody ahead of you, you know? Yeah, no, and that's the thing too, where it's like, you know, you have, for me, it's my kind of go-to is hard long runs, because there's long runs, 25 milers at sub six pace, that's my bread and butter. Right. Um, then you go into, you know, sessions where like, my one of my best friends, Sid Vaughn, he can rip intervals like no other. You know, it's just like yeah. he can go run 4:30 on repeat on the track. You know, at altitude, um, or like Frank can essentially nose breathe. Frank Lara can nose breathe. You know, sub five fart licks. <laughs> you know, like three minutes on, two minutes off by you know ten or twelve for for that. So um, it's just kind of funny where everyone has their. And everybody's training for something different, so exactly got their own different wheelhouses, et cetera. So it yeah. makes sense, hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, actually, let me touch on one thing you mentioned. I mean, you, you, I've seen you do some insane workouts, anyway. But um, common philosophy, you know, those of us who come from the seventies and you know back in the days where yeah, you do a long, slow distance LSD, um, and and then uh, Coach Wetmore up here at CU is very well known for having his kids go out and hammer. They're long runs, and usually it's on something like Mags yep. up on Magnolia Road, which uh, for those who don't know, it's like 9,000 feet, and it's rolling, and I mean, it's gorgeous, but it is a uh, an Olympic-caliber training ground there. But they hammer the, the hard, the, the long runs, which is very different philosophy than what I kind of grew up with, yeah. if you would. Where did you come up with that concept, and how's it working for you? Definitely, you know, I got that, I don't want to say in college, but to an extent in college, um, where Plaz, Coach Placentia, Steve, like Steve, Steve Placentia, Placentia, right. My best friend still um, wouldn't be here without Plaz. So um, as I, I just adapted super, super well to like aerobic work in college, you know, in high school, I got up to like 65 miles in the summer. So like relatively, you know, decent mileage for a high schooler. 
Um, and then he just progressively like stacked mileage on top of that. It was like 75 the next summer going to my freshman year, 85, 90, 95, 100, 110. And I just always responded super, super well. And it, we never would necessarily push our long runs, but he'd always be like, if you feel good, feel free to start picking it up. You know, if you have a hundred minute run, the last 40 minutes after the hour, like All right. start running. So I'd be like with the team, you know, and this is probably getting into my third, fourth year, fifth year. Um, he gave me the green light to just be like, if you want to rip, go rip. Like you're aerobically just, you're there and able to do it. So right. um, it was pretty effortless to go. This is in Minnesota. Um, and I'll say like at sea level too, it's a little easier to do it there. Right, um, right. Where it's, you know, let's say you're running 630, seven minute pace with my teammates in the last 40 minutes. It's like, cool, we'll go, we'll go see what we can do. And it's just like, pretty effortlessly was able to look down and see sub six, you know, for the last 40, 50 minutes, whatever it was. Um, so really in college. And then once I, you know, started training, doing a marathon segment, um, post-college building up for CIM 2018, um, California international marathon. Yep. 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 So I did. So Plaza was still coaching me. Then I was working a full-time job and finishing grad school. Right. Um, but it was like, and I'm working in a sales job. It's, I was a kind executive from Minnesota in ticket sales. Um, it's like the more time you're in the office, the more money you make really. Cause you're on the phones longer. Sure. Um, so it was like, try to get my bang for my buck when it came to like to workouts and such. So I'd always do some sort of just like an early, like a midweek session, whether it's Hills or like an up-tempo run. And then I'd go Saturday, like a workout track session, Sunday long run. And it'd be like not full gas, but it's like, you're, it's an honest effort. So usually 18, I got up to 25 miles a couple times. Um, and just plaza's like, well, if you feel good, like always hit those. So it's like, would never really force anything, but I was able to consistently get six minutes and under for 18 to 22, 23, and up to 25 miles for a couple of runs. So um, it's just like through that development, through college, all the way up to that, had right. kind of you know built up to that, I guess. And then joining Hanson's after that, and that next, I guess, January of 2019, um, Kevin always had the green light to, yeah, you have 20 miles, but it's like run at the pace, and it was... It was all just kind of a, we all kind of look at each other for a little bit and it's like, ah, oh, we'll start ripping. So, you know, like <laughs> with Dathan, he always loved to rip Shadrach B. Watt. Like those guys right. were like Shadrach would, would like Kenyon shuffle for 10 minutes. And then it, then he's five thirty five twenty like gassing it for the next, you know, 19 miles. So, right. so you, and it's like, and you just don't want to get dropped by those guys. And it's like, if you're hanging with, with, with them, it's like, sick, we're doing something pretty cool. I mean, these guys are, I grew up in almost middle school Dathan, you know, like right. almost idolizing in a way. So um just definitely been a progression and it's just like i'm just still very like was always pretty comfortable at that sub six effort no matter you know at what point where i was in my you know college career yeah um, post-collegiate career so um and just has become one of my favorite things where it's it doesn't feel i won't say it feels easy um probably feels easier than most people say and it's just like obviously there's a little bit of you're uncomfortable doing it but i can like sit with that with that discomfort for i think a lot longer than most people so, and it's just kind of a little edge, yeah. like mental edge that I have. So, well, I was just going to ask you if it gave, gives you some kind of different mental confidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. And, and for me, if I'm running, you know, obviously it's you got to go run 510 pace for a marathon. But for me, it's like if I'm running 540 pace for 24, 25 miles at altitude, or you know, even down to 530, had, you know, one run this fall was 24 at 532 pace, like felt pretty effortless, truthfully. Um, it's like, cool. I should be able to, to easily run. Um, you know, 20 seconds faster in a race fresh, you know, that was during a 138 mile week, whatever it was that week. So, um, so you don't find the, the hard, long effort, uh, uh, hinders your recovery at all then? No, I mean, it's my favorite day of the week. I mean, yeah. today, today, obviously like, you know, I ran and this is like kind of a, 
I don't say it's like unorthodox, but like even yesterday I ran 25 in the morning. Uh, I shook out five miles on the treadmill in the evening. Just like super, I averaged right. 740 on the treadmill. Just super, okay. super easy. Yeah. Just like spin the legs, just active recovery, get blood flow. And for me, like, I feel like even though I do that, it's just one, it's time on feet and two, I'm just recovering more. So like, so this morning, easy 14. Obviously I'm a little tired, I ran 30 miles yesterday, but it's nothing that I haven't felt before. Right. Um. So with that being said, like I tend to recover pretty well because I've just, over the years, I've just done them, you know, really since really 2018. So some, yeah. some heavy long runs, that's, you know, five years of relatively aggressive Help. long runs. So. Right, helps to have that built up there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, some people may say, oh, yeah, sure, a nice, easy 14-miler is, is an easy day. But um, at, at the same time, your, your mileage or your volume right now is where, right about? Last week was 140. Okay, so, um, so, yeah, so 14 is just 10%. Yeah, yeah. So, so most of my days, and this is from Kevin Hansen, where our easy days, they're on a nine-day cycle, so it's like a workout two days easy workout, two days easy long run repeat. Those middle days, so my trial segment in 2020 building up to Atlanta, um, we're down in Florida, and it, it was that it was that layout. But the easy days were 14 and 4, and up to some days 14 and 6. So it's like, right. so for that, and you know their philosophy is cumulative fatigue. And like at the time, it, it was my first time really diving into that. I felt miserable. I was super exhausted, super tired. Um, but if you just like embrace it and like just suck it up for a little bit, like you come out a monster, you know? So, um, that's something that I just adapt to my train now where every morning is a minimum of, there's some days where I'll go like 13 and five or like 13 and seven or 14 and six, but mostly it's like, I try to get 14 every morning. If I, you know, unless I feel absolutely miserable, then I'll just add on the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you're mostly a road guy. Are you sticking mostly to asphalt or dirt roads or? Are you, you trying to emphasize one or, or the other? Uh, I try to hit as much dirt as possible. Yeah. That's one that's nice about Boulder. You know the the north the North Boulder Farm roads near the Res. Um, so that's typically what I hit. You know, this morning was fourteen miles, and twelve of it was was definitely soft surface or you know gravel. The gravel roads out there. So yeah, okay, well, that's good. Yeah, try it as much as possible. Then when it comes to the long runs, it's usually a mix. Yesterday because of the snow, I was like I mentioned, I was on a essentially a twelve mile loop that was all paved just to avoid the snow and slip yeah. around or anything like that. Um, so workouts try to be either on a track or on the road. Um, but yeah, for mostly easy days, it's all, all as much soft surface as I can get. So. Right. Absolutely. No, that's good. Well, uh, while we're sitting here, you've gained uh, one and a half cats. We got rid of uh, Mo. Well, you got Mo the kitten sitting on you there very happily. And then uh, Judge the kitten was attacking your feet a moment ago. So <laughs> yeah, we got, sorry about that. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. Mo's my friend, feeder. Feet are safe now, so that's good. Unless right. Mo decides to start attacking him, but I don't, I don't think he'll. Yeah, yeah, Mo's mellowed out. There. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> so, um, you know, I know you did have your injury issue there a couple of years ago, but um, uh, just in general, I know you mentioned you you're getting massaged today. I mean, what what else are you doing to basically maintain your body through that kind of mileage? Yeah, um, I mean, you kind of hit just a lot of stuff. You know, like today, it's I go see Marcus, who's like. Like first off, like shout out to Marcus. Won't be able to do it without him. I mean, he does. He puts a lot of work into into my body, like weekly. So, um, and it's never that comfortable for me because he's working through a lot of oh, you know, yeah. muscle fatigue, muscle damage. Um, but also too, like on the side of that, like I also do as much as I can just to be like feeling good every single day. Um, I do the exact. It's monotonous. It's boring. But for every single run, I do the same activation routine. Starts with like stretching my calves, rolling my feet out. Um, get on the foam roller, calves, hammies, glutes, lower back, flip over, do my quads, 
um, Lanosil, right, to open up my um, my psoas muscles, and then I get into right. to band work. It takes about 20 minutes, like, no matter what I'm doing, whether That's it's... too long, yeah. No, yeah, so whether it's, like, this morning um, or, like, you know, if I were running again later, like, tomorrow when I run again, it'll be the exact same routine, 20 minutes, then afterwards it's the same kind of band uh, mobility routine post-run, um, another 15 or so minutes. So right. um, do that on, you know, the bookend before and after every single run. Um, and then this is just one thing that I do just so I'm not like sandbagging, I'll call it. Um, <laughs> I try to do at least five minutes core every single day. When I lift, I'll do extra core um, right. post-lift. Um, but I lift twice a week, typically the day before sessions. Nothing I do is like that hard. Um, it's pretty runner specific, you know, um, like I have a, have a hex bar, barbell, glued ham, um, machine in my garage. Um, they got a platform for all that, you know, dumbbells, bands, a box, right. um, just kind of get things firing, reactivating, um, you know, and again, nothing is that crazy that I do in the weight room. It's just all kind of just maintenance, strengthening and callousing everything and kind of right. bulletproofing myself to be able to handle the mileage, um, so do you you focus on like posterior chain or or anything? Oh, ton, ton, of, ton of glute work, calf yeah. work, soleus work, yeah. um, the deadlifts. You know, just classic like you know five to eight reps of you know. I guess right now on the bar, I'm just doing like my last lift was I only did two sets, but it was just two sets of five deadlifts at what was it like one fifty or so um, to five box jumps. You know, the super right. set that. Um, yeah, I always start with like just some mobility in the gym too, just opening everything up and then, um, you know, core after I also have a, you know, a med ball where you do, you know, stir the pot, knead a ball, right. um, all that works. So pretty, pretty comprehensive. But then, yeah, like with the glute ham machine, you can do the, you know, eccentric hamstring right. down, pull up. So load those, um, you know, get, where I like to do, uh, eccentric hamstrings on a, a Swiss ball. Oh, exactly. Right yeah. there. Yep. yep. So same, same concept. Essentially. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Band work. I think what else? So yeah, a ton of like just calf strengthening work as well. Right. Um, so. All right. No, that's good stuff. No, I'm yeah. a big believer in the, what I call ancillary exercises. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I, I think it works for the athletes I coach. I, I, I desperately do it myself and I can't stay healthy for anything. I'm, I'm just a walking injury all the time, which why I'm always um, impressed, amazed, whatever. It's somebody can run the volume you do and actually not break down. Yeah. No, it's a... Uh... You know, pretty fortunate. I like I, I've flown pretty close to the sun for for several years, truthfully. And then you know, I got got pretty burned at the beginning of 2022 and really missed. Like my last race in 22 was January 15th, Houston half. And then I didn't race until until this year in 2023 in February. So it was a 13 month hiatus from racing. Hey, young um, man, I, that's nothing. Okay, I, I just got to tell you that now. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I've been in the situation where I couldn't race for three years. Okay? Yeah, so no, I, and, I, and I fly closer to Pluto. Okay? Yeah, so. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so for, for the majority of it, it was a pretty healthy stretch. Like through college, you have niggles. You know, I had time with Hanson, small niggles, but nothing that like takes you out for more than a couple of days. You know, so right. Um, I think that definitely just is attributed to like. All the ancillary stuff, all the strength work, the core, um, and I, like, I'm probably the most geriatric 28 year old you'll ever meet. Like, I go to bed at 8 p.m. if I can every night. So, um, <laughs> nice. and I'm, I'm also a morning person. So, like, this morning was, I don't say I slept in, but I slept till six at my alarm. Was running by, was running by 7:30. So, right. sleep as much as I possibly can, um, and I definitely think it it helps. Very cool. All right, so I shouldn't ask you about any Monday night, Sunday night football games or anything. You, you've got no idea. No, I mean I watched the Vikings. They were they were a two p.m. kickoff yesterday. Um, yeah, well, one that of the helps. one of the worst games I've ever watched. 
3-0 against the Raiders. Well, you can say that about um, it's usually seven or eight times a year with the Vikings, can't you? <laughs> most, most years, yeah. Most years. I mean, this year has been rough. We lost Kirk, and yeah. um, so that's been tough. But I know, 3 nothing. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Yeah. But, but got well, the win. Well, I'm a Giants fan, and... Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, well, I know. I'm just thinking. I don't think the Vikings play the Giants this year. But if it if they did, I mean, please don't tune in. I mean, there'd be uh, probably the lowest TV ratings ever because I, I can't stand watching the Giants. I'm a Giants. Fan. Well, they're on Monday night tonight against the Packers, and it's like uh, it, it'll be background because it's yeah. it's horrible. No, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, I'm not a Packers. I'm my least favorite team, so definitely be, be pulling for the Giants. So right. <laughs> But still, just don't watch it. It's going to be hideous. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> we're <Damn>. good. <laughs> so, um, w- one thing you know, you, you've you've managed to gravitate, if you would. I mean, you started out growing up. You, you ran from an early age, and you kind of worked your way to the typical path through, you know, high school cross country and ran in college. You ran. You you were a Gopher there. When, um, I'm a big University of Denver hockey fan, so I've never had a lot of love for the Gophers, but that's a whole other thing. No, nah, you're. I mean, no, no love lost, man. We, I get it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we played. Um, I'm trying to think. We yeah, we played you guys in the semifinals of uh, the Frozen Four in 2022 in Boston when I was there. But did you did we did you guys win that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I was. Uh, we got to get back, man. We had the two, you know, oh two, oh three, and it's just been. I'll say it. I mean, yeah. it's been a drought, but it's just like we're. We still have the, at least when I was there, and I think still now, you know, it's just like we're Minnesota hockey. We got to get back, and it's like obviously close last year, but right. um, yeah, we hopefully we come back out of it. We'll see. Yeah, well, you guys got to be kind of chapped because two years ago or last year, Colorado was trying to usurp the state of hockey thing. Yeah, you know, because the Avalanche and DU and some high school team won a big national title or something. Yeah, all of a sudden we're the state of hockey, and I'm like, well. I think Minnesota's got us on that one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I still think so. I mean, heck, my, my dad grew up in Evelyn, Minnesota, which is still the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Sure, so, yeah. You know, I grew up going there as a, like, you know, three, four, five-year-old. Like, remember going there and stuff. And right. it's, it's pretty cool. No, absolutely, man. No, you guys got it up there. But in any case, like I say, you ran at uh, University of Minnesota. You, um, in fact, you know, I was talking to you off the air about uh, Marty Rosendahl, a guy who, who I used to coach, who ended up running at Mankato State. His whole goal every year, by the way, was to beat U of M, or if you call it that, Minnesota at the uh, GRIAC. Yep. Because he was always pissed off that Placentia never recruited him. Yeah, and, I, uh, I love it. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the, Plaz, there's a lot of people I know that Plaz either slighted or wasn't necessarily, you know, didn't recruit heavily. That, right. that like, truthfully, like, that just wanted to run for the U. Because, like, growing up in Minnesota, like, it was like, for me at least, that was the program. You know, like, they were, right. you know, I grew up in the heyday of, it was, Chris, Rombo, Hassan, Ben, um, yeah. you know, they Haroon in the eight, like they won, that could, it might be flipped, but you know, three outdoor titles, Big Ten titles on their own track, and two indoors, you know, they're constantly at the worst top three in the Big Ten in cross, you know, made 16 straight national championships in cross country right? Um, under Plaz, so it was just like, you grew up, it's like, if you're competitive um, and in-state, it's like, you want to run for the Gophers, because they're just... Yeah, they're running well. So I always joke for you know, any kid who's playing hockey for, say, Bemidji State or St. Cloud, it's like, that's because the Gophers didn't want you. No, oh, yeah. And well, not, <laughs> well, and I'll, but I'll say this too, like, for, what was your buddy, uh, your, his name again? Marty. Marty. And, like, he def like, they'd show up to the U, like, at an indoor race, and they'd, like, throw down against us. At least try to, because they have a little chip on their shoulder. Oh, big time. And, and that's the thing, yeah. too. And, like, what I respect the heck out of that, you know? Right. Um, 
Because because yeah, us too, like we don't want to lose to anyone from Mankato State. So it's yeah, like, of course, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, no matter how you know, even if it's January first, the first season of the like first race of the year, we're running a mile. Like, no, like you're not going to come into our house, but like we know that they're going to bring their A game. So same with like you know any yeah. Bemidji State, Saint Cloud State, Mankato State. You know our our thing at Mariucci was you know we're playing. You go back to Saint Cloud State, we just scream at them, go for rejects, you know. Right. Um, but 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 it, but it just pisses them off, and like right. and they play hard, and you know they would sometimes have our number you know so yeah well see you're in the midwest where you know the athletic thing is the big thing i I went to an ivy league school so the thing we always or usually was yelled at us by the other ivies because we were kind of the the junior member if you would i I went to penn okay um, but even you know if we played some others it was always safety school safety school (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah that's good so um but you know what i was getting at though with with this uh kind of wine here is that um, here you are running ultras at the age of you're what twenty eight twenty eight yeah. yeah so um, I, I've been around this game a long time. I mean, I ran my first longer than marathon race back in eighty four. Um, Pikes Peak actually used to be twenty eight miles. Yep. And so that's that's I guess the beginning of my ultra career. And um, but the demographic has changed so much. And I know that nobody starts out running high school cross country and track thinking, Oh yeah, someday I'm going to be going into running ultras. Yeah. In fact, uh, I love to talk to kids when I'm officiating track meets who whine about the 400 being long distance. Yeah. And I tell them, <laughs> you know, my race, you know, the hundred miles, it's 400 times your race. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I say, you, you had some good success through high school and college and yeah. whatnot. I mean, uh, but at some point, a, a switch flipped, and you decided, let's go longer. You know, what, what triggered all that in you? Yeah, really, you know, for me, it was just, I kind of, going back to how we started, was the long runs, how I just adapted well to, like, the that intensity, the 530, 540, 550, and how, like, I recovered off of it, how I could do it, you know, quote-unquote, pretty easily, effortlessly. Um, so this is kind of, you know, I moved to Boulder in 2020, um, and kind of in 2021, I was like, it'd be sick. And just, you know, it'd be sick to go try to win, like, a U.S. title and something. I'm like, I think I could go win the 50K championships, U.S. 50K championships. Um, just because at the time, I'd run, you know, 216. Yeah. Um, you know, not a ton of guys that have run 216, 215 are running the 50K. Um, I'm like, so it'd be, you know, cool to do. And then just kind of throughout this, my time in Michigan, um, and just getting to know Des a little bit. You know, she had... Des Linden. Des yeah. Linden. She had told yeah. me that she was possibly going for, you know, the world record at, at 50K. Um, and the women's side, me, I was like, hey, I'd just love to help you. I was out in Arizona, actually, with her for a weekend. Um, she was on there training, just getting out of the Michigan winter and stuff. And Jack just slept on her couch at her Airbnb <laughs> that she had. Right. Um, and, like, you know, there's no races going on in 21, um, at least early that year. So right. she's like, yeah, you know, what's next? And she kind of brought that up. And I was just like, well, obviously, it's your race. You're doing your thing, but would love to, like, help out in any way, you know, whatever. How she took that, take it as you will. And But I was like, would love to pace you if. I can do that. So, um, it's like, yeah, I'll let you know, like I'll have Josh reach out Cox, our, our agent. So, um, yeah, Josh, like that's like, let's say that's like a Friday or Saturday. Josh texts me on, you know, Monday or Tuesday. Yo, we're trying to line it up. Like, are you actually game? Like, cause we'll, we're going to need someone. I'm like, block me in for it. So, right. Um, and that also was building up to the 2021 US 50K championship. So that was April 15th or 16th when I paced Des. Seven weeks later, like June, early June was, um, the 50k championships. I'm like, it'll use it as a workout, just get to know the distance, just go through the rounds, practice bottles, all that. So, um, that was really the plan. And obviously it, you know, 
Des got her world record. Like she did all of it. I just kept her company. You know, like she's <laughs> right. con- consummate pro. Yeah. Um, knows what she's doing. So, but just oh, yeah. again, you got to hang out with with her, Josh, Ryan, um, that whole that whole crew that entire weekend, um, which is great. And just again, just get the get the reps in. So right. Um, you know, went to the fifty k champs, and you know, I thought I was gonna win. Truthfully, came in a little little hot-headed and arrogant and i just blew up like i went for the win way too early yeah um and just was running seven flat by mile 23 you know just right. did, did not respect it and faded from you know first to to sixth so um pre- pretty disappointing but at the same time i was like you know i'd seen des go get her world record of the 50k um i'm like i'd if i just respect it and like fuel better like get stuff down i think i can be pretty lethal um but at the same time too i was like i also want to still be good at the marathon because i think it helps these longer distances so oh without um, a doubt you know i i had a, a guy i coached recently who ran a blazing i can't remember it was a 5k or 10k time he's like i don't get it because i've just been training for the marathon why why am i so fast i said you know what it carries down i mean i still remember my one of my fastest boulder boulders was three weeks after running a marathon you know it's yeah just, yeah that training carries over exactly and, and for me just like going back to my kind of just aerobic base i've developed where for me if, if my legs can go five flat to five ten pace in a marathon like i know i can easily hold 530 540 for a or you know even 520 to 530 for a 50k and you know hopefully even faster for like a 50 mile 100k you know like well but then the added issue though is then you start adding the mental aspect exactly because you know when I, i coach a kid in the 800 on the track it's like can't you stay focused for two minutes? I mean, what the hell? And, yeah. And then I tell him, I said, yeah, my race, you got to stay focused for hours, yep. you know? So h- how have you been able to translate the mental aspect to go that long? Obviously you have the, the physical capability. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I just break it down. You know, for me, it's just like, and obviously it's, it's years of, of consistent long runs and just years of, of training, but it's just like, you just break it down, whether it's on the track, you know, on, even on last Friday, I had six by eight, 16 by 400. And it was like, on paper, it's only, you know, seven miles of like actual work really. Um, but it can get kind of long. It's just, just take one by one, you know, same with like anytime, right. anytime, like yesterday, I was just like, just get through like 10 miles. That's less than an easy day. It's like, get through 10 miles. And it's like, cool. I only have 50 miles to go. That's like another easy day. And like the space isn't that hard. You're running, you know, 545, 550 pace, like yeah. just incrementally break it down. Um, and I'm just good at at playing that mind game with myself, you know, where obviously yesterday too, like with the wind getting a little tired around, you know, nine, you know, nineteen twenty, Right. Um, but at the same time, I was like, dude, you only have five miles to go. Like that's, that's less than 30 minutes. Like yeah, easy. Like 30 minutes is, is nothing, you know? So, yeah. Um, no, and it is, it is relative, but it is a very good method whether you're, um, doing hill repeats, you know, as I tell, you know, athletes don't look at the top of the hill, you know, break it down. If you're uh, running an ultra, it's like, you know, get to the next aid station. Um, uh, 100%. I, yeah. The adult group I was coaching last week, um, we had eight minute tempos and, um, they'd just done another workout previously where it was three minutes and they all had a hard time with it because it was so much longer yeah. than the three minutes. And, um, but again, you know, okay, so we're going to take the eight minutes. We're going to break it up mentally. Yeah, exactly. You know, even too, like on, I'm planning on just some K's this Wednesday and it's just like, it's two and a half laps. Like you get through, like right. get to 200 meters, you have 800 to go. You get through, add a 400 to that, you have your 600 and you have 400 to go. Like anyway, like you can fake a 400, like you can, you can get another right. 70 second 400 in. Like that's easy, you know, just like incrementally break down like that. So yeah, that's how, how it is for me with, with every rep, every run, you know, it's just like, you know, a couple of my teammates only had like Noah Drotty only ran eight miles this morning. It's like, Sissy. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what. I, he, he, so he, he's coming off a marathon too, which is he usually takes a long time to recover after a marathon, but he's already back right. at it. He has a trials not coming up. Um, but you know, it's like cool. I have eight miles with with Austin and Drotty. We'll drop him back off at Tom Watson, and then I have only six miles to go, and I have hopefully another couple more with with my other teammate Aiden, and like um, she just you know break it down. So I dropped yeah. Aiden, Aiden off at twelve. And it's like cool. I only have two to go. Like I'll just head up Monarch Road mile and get back. So right. Um, it's just. You know, check check those boxes. So sure. So, um, but but you did, as I said, you've, you've kind of made this progression. So so you ran fifty k with Des. Okay. Yep. Um, somebody must have put a little seed in your head that like, okay, w- maybe I should go for fifty miles here. Yep. And um, and obviously you're going to uncharted territory here. Yep. And um, you know, a lot of people might say that goddamn Charlie. I mean, you, you know, Walmsley had a record that. I mean, Walmsley obviously has been around for a long time. Yeah. Accomplished an awful lot. And then for somebody to just step into a fifty miler the first time and go and break the world record. Um, you know, first of all, like I say, you're going to that uncharted territory. But secondly, it's like, um, does it feel like? Oh yeah, this is just the beginning because uh, you, you know fifty miles is like oh I thought this, this should have been a bigger deal or anything like that. Yeah, so I mean, really, so what? So yeah, kind of like flipping back to where we're talking about the fifty k pacing, Des. Yeah. Um. So I the pace that she ran for that was five forty seven pace, and I was with her every yeah. step of the way. I did that as a workout. I no taper. You know, I doubled the day before. You know, right. I ran an easy ten the next morning. You know, like even had like a few drinks that night, like post 100 you know or post 50k um up running you know just felt great you yeah. know um so in my head and that's where something clicked it's like okay well jim's record is 548 pace and like i did it i ran 547 pace for 50k so 31 miles and change without a taper as a workout you know talking the entire time right um i'm like I think I could do this for 19 more miles. Obviously a lot easier said than done, but that's when something flipped <laughs> right. in my head. And that's kind of like the fall of 21 was when I was like, you know, that was in the spring of 21. And that fall I was like, God, I'd love to go for this 50 mile record. And it was just, you know, kind of something that I had put in my head kind of that spring, that summer. And then I, you know, kind of officially verbalized it in the fall of 21. Um, I was having dinner actually down here at a, at a photo place for, with Fernando Cabada. Nice. Um, I've known Fernando since really 2018. Like I tell the story a lot too, where, and I, I keep messing up the year, but it's the U S marathon championships. It was a twin season marathon. And, and I believe 2000 or 2007. Um, and I remember like just begging my mom to drive me down to watch it. Um, and the last minute she's like, fine, whatever we'll go. So we drove down from fully my hometown. It's like an hour down to Minneapolis. Um, watched it a couple points around the lakes, watched the finish and Fernando ended up winning. So, um, at that point, too, and it's just like I'm from Foley. Minneapolis is a big town. You know, I grew up in the Foley, my hometown, 2,500 people. Right. Um, and to see, like, you know, the U.S. marathon champion, I was like, holy crap, this is super sick. So I, like, right. had looked up to Fernando really since that time. Um, and we were telling Fernando this, you know, back in, in 21. Um, and he's just like, you should do that Tunnel Hill if you do it. I'd never heard of the race. I'm like, oh, like, what's Tunnel Hill? Why? And he's like, oh, it's, you know, a flat rail trail, 50 miles, double out and back um it's crushed gravel so it's not as fast but it'll save your legs so kind of by design hopefully you're not pounding your quads beating them up as much yeah so in the back of my head i'm like all right it could be cool um obviously had to like you know get that get that you know kind of lined up and the goal at that point too is go and go get my redemption at the you know 50k championships in 22 because this is now the fall of 21 right and that was supposed to be the end of february um then yeah unfortunately you know ran houston half 
as like a prep race in 22 came down with a grade four sacral stress fracture, you know, a couple weeks later. So I had to pull out mm. and yeah. kind of, kind of restart, but you know, even through the 13 months where I was cross training and on the bike in the pool, you know, mentally I was like, that's how I got through a lot of cross training too. was like, it's like, shoot five hour ride in the bike. Like this sounds miserable, but then I'd tell myself, well, if you're going to be running for four hours and you know, 40 minutes and change, like five hour ride should be nothing or three hours in the pool, aqua jogging. It shouldn't Ooh. affect, this shouldn't affect you, man. Yeah. But um, still, I've done the oh, aqua jogging so much. It's brutal. Miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's how, like, that's how I just got myself through it and like kind of yeah. just breaking things down. Like I was talking, whether it's a long run, whether it's, you know, a, a workout, it's just like break it down day by day where it's like, you know, I, especially in the summer of 22, um, I'd be like, you know, just be like day by day. It's like, cool. Today you're going to bike for two and a half, three hours and get in the pool for an hour. Then tomorrow you're only going to bike. It's just like, just take it day by day, break it down, you know? So you're always looking at that far off goal that you have. All, there. all that far yeah. off goal, but like focus on directly what's in front of me and like what right. I have to do today. It's like, you can get through today. Don't worry about tomorrow right. until you wake up. But then you like, you just have to handle tomorrow and then the next day and just like take it day by day. Don't get ahead of yourself. But that's just how I would, you know, tell myself too. like, you can do, you know, a six out, you know, hundred mile ride in the saddle. Like, right. Like if you're going to run 50 miles, you better be able to bike 50 miles or a hundred miles, you know? So, <laughs> right. um, but, um, you know, from speaking from somebody who's been in your shoe, those shoes a whole lot, not, not the same, uh, speed, but at least, uh, the injury, I mean, this summer, um, I, I, I couldn't run at all because I had, um, I ended up having foot surgery in was it late August, early September, something like that. And, um, it drove me nuts. Anytime I was just out seeing somebody running. It just, oh. just it would just piss me off. Yeah, you know, I, you know and, and that's the thing too, being in Boulder, um, right? Especially too, like, and, and that's one thing that it helped, but also hurt because I'd still go to practice every day. You know, I just bike, even if right. it's just like bike to where the team is meeting, where Roots is meeting, and then yeah. bike with them while they do the workout, and then go out and bike another two, three hours. You know, after they <laughs> after they were practicing, so um, it was fun. Like, obviously, you want to support your teammates stuff, but it just sucked watching them go rip workouts, and you know, especially at the oh, level, yeah. at the level they do, and it's just like mentally too is hard because it's like you know the level that that they're training at you know you're watching frank a 211 guy noah 209 guy you know parker's the american record holder at 25k you know it's like you see the workouts they're doing it's like you got a long ways to go man like you're not even walk jogging yet so um so it's hard so it's hard mentally but then also too then i'd also be like well like cool like go hammer yourself on the bike or go lock it in the pool you know do what you got to do to like maintain fitness and hopefully make it easier when you do hit the ground so yeah and i think it also helps to support others with their goals oh yeah no and and that was one of the best things too where it's like you know those are like that also gave me like just a sense of like like, because running is a selfish sport right like we're all sure you know we all have our own goals and stuff but it was like cool i have a chance to like you know still maintain some some form of fitness and support these guys you know that's that's the reason why like why I want to join the team was just because of the group, you know, like, and how much I like love all those guys. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, wanted to, I was obviously like a no brainer. Like if I can be there, I was fortunate to, you know, have the freedom to show up every day, practice <laughs> and hang out, you know, even, even when I'm injured. So absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we always talk about running being a selfish endeavor, but you know, it can also serve other purposes. I mean, there obviously people maybe look up to you or something, you know, uh, what you're doing. I mean, um, or you know maybe running for charities or other good causes things like that. Yeah. I was going to ask you though um are you do you feel kind of funny right now and I, I want to get back to uh, where we were before we'll bookmark that but um 
do people look at you now differently than they did before? Oh, now now Charlie's a world record holder. I mean, when it comes right down to it, you're kind of a novice at 50 miles. Um, frankly, you look like you're 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, you know you, you're not yet you know Walmsley or Annie Hughes or um, Francois or anybody like that. I mean, so. Uh, do, do you feel like people are looking at you a little bit differently now, or or is it something you're still adjusting to? How's that working for you? You know, yes and no. Like, I just think of, like, today, and here's, like, going back to, like, even, like, Drotty and those guys. Like, they always knew that I, like, and that was, you know, when I joined the team. And, like, because Roots has grown a lot, you know, and, like, Richie, right. like, probably couldn't even, like, he had already too many guys on the team, but still kind of took me on. Because Noah was like, Charlie will literally lead every step of every long run. We don't have to worry about a long run from here on out. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll take the brunt of all the work on that stuff. So, hopefully I was like, you know, a value add in that capacity. Um, so, like, Noah and those guys had seen just, like, the body of long runs, the work I'd done, even prior to joining Roots, even, you know, back to my days, like, early in Boulder. Yeah. Um, so, for them, I don't think, like, I don't really... I think I surprised some people a little bit, but when I did, they're like, oh yeah, we could totally see him, him doing that. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, nothing's, nothing's really changed, you know, truthfully, you right. know? Um, and I guess really for me too, it's like, I just truly believed, I told myself I was going to get it for two years, you know? Right. Um, and, but so by the time I was racing, actually racing in Tunnel Hill, like it was like, just go do it. Like you said, you're going to do this for two years. Like just go execute, go on the splits, you know, you can run and like, just yeah. go get this record. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously some people that hadn't followed me super, super closely, obviously like, holy crap, where'd you come from? And rightfully so, you should if you didn't really know who I was, you know, because I'd yeah. run a couple okay marathons, you know, like right. 216 is good. It's not not going to make an Olympic team, you know, in, sure. in, in Orlando, you know, not going to make a world team. Probably not going to get down to my name on a, on a Pan Am list either, you know, so. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, so, it, you know, if you hadn't really known me and like just the body work I'd put in years prior, he'd probably like, holy crap, that came out of nowhere. But for me, it was just like this kind of quiet confidence I'm built in myself. And honestly, I'm not that quiet with my confidence, truthfully, to the people around me. Right. Um, but yeah, for people who don't know me, they'd probably be like, you know, we know, where did that come from? So, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, was it tough for you in that you had this goal set out there? As you said, it was kind of a two year buildup and obviously it was derailed for a whole lot of time yeah. there. Um, you know, maybe you thought, hey, I'm going to set this record in 2022 and, you know, delayed gratification here. Yeah. Um, how much more did that make it worth it to you? Or, I mean, was it, did it make it a tougher grind to get there? I mean, how did that whole delay play into your whole mind process? Yeah. You know, I think it was honestly just more time to like convince myself that I could go do it. You know, right. like I'm a super, super like confident person, probably like overly, overly confident for sure. And definitely right. sometimes come off cocky. Um, but it was just, you know, by the time, like I said, I got to that line, I'd already like run that race in my head a thousand times, broken right. the record a thousand times in my head. So it was just like, just go, just go do it. So obviously it, it really sucked with, you know, being injured for that, you know, that 13 month hiatus racing. Yeah. Um, but truthfully it wasn't on my radar really at all. Like my goal is just like get healthy, get my OTQ and get to the trials and kind of see what I can do. Right. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's through some contract stuff media stuff ended up leaving roots um just to honestly right. to, like take advantage of my some bonuses in my contracts that i couldn't necessarily fulfill with with roots and stuff and i want to run the 50k champs this past this past year and um just richie didn't think i was ready didn't want me to do it so um would have loved to do that you know miss it on right. miss it on some pretty nice bonus money by not doing it um so in this so when i ended up leaving roots this summer it was like well 
I think I can go cash in now on some stuff. And like the record's there. I'm not going to make an Olympic team. I'm just not. Would love to. Would love to say I'm going to you know contend right. for the team in Orlando, but I'm just run two sixteen. You know, like again, it's good. It's not great. So. Um, well, you're like old guys like me who, like, as we get get older, it's like, okay, we're not get, getting faster. We go longer. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, you, you, I can throw in an occasional marathon and enjoy it and all. But, yeah, so so what are you looking at then beyond that? Yeah, so it was just – so I guess leaving Roots this summer, um, it was just like, cool, I I've, don't have my OTQ, but I want to get that. If, like, if I'm considering myself an elite marathoner in the U.S., you better be on the start line at the trials, you know. It's like, let's go get that. Plus, right. too, it's like – I remember I was like, maybe I go for like, just like debut and ultra, see what I can do. And initially I was like, maybe I'll do JFK. And then like it flipped in my head. I'm like, no dummy. Like Tunnel Hill is like, there, you should go try to get it. So I'm like, maybe yeah. I can, maybe I can go check a couple boxes, like go do, go run a fall marathon, get my OTQ, use it as a workout then for, um, for Tunnel Hill. So that's exactly yeah. what I did. You know, I ran, you know, James McCurdy did an awesome job setting up McCurdy Micro out in New York. So, um, yeah, you know it's funny. I'm not familiar with that race, and that's um, not far from where I grew up over there. So, so, so the first year, New York, first year he did okay. it. Yeah, all right. Or like maybe he did another one in like 21, hmm. um, but it was just a lot more low key when he did it then. So, right. Um, yeah. So it was just like, um, let's go, go get my OTQ, use it as a glorified workout. You know, I did a longish warm up. But I was, I think, the only person cooling down after the race. You know, post <laughs> post two sixteen. Um, right. And just, you know, use it as a kind of a springboard um, and kind of a last major session going into Tunnel Hill. So Yeah. Um, how, how long before Tunnel Hill was that? It was exactly four weeks. So Saturday, okay. yeah, the November, or sorry, October 14th to November 11th. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly four weeks. All so, right. So it worked well, you know, kept kept training. It didn't, you know, ran 100 miles the next week after with one workout the following Friday, you know, workout that next Sunday and just kind of got back into, you know, kind of... I didn't really taper a ton from McCurdy. I, you know, ran about 90 miles the week prior. Right. Versus like Tunnel Hill, the week prior was 70. So I really, really tapered down for Tunnel Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a one week taper though? Just uh, really about 10 days. So okay. like last major session was like a Wednesday before I like, guess a Sunday and then kind of right. gradually cut it. But that week was still, you know, 90, don't quote me, 95-ish. All right. So, but then. Still, it's a reasonable cut down. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it got a little poppy. So um, yeah, really that flip switch really this summer and I'm like, just go get it. You know, I was in, I was in Michigan with Des actually in Ryan, um, this summer in late July. And I was just kind of airing some frustrations to Des and, um, she was like, and even Plaz too. I like, I'm my drive from Detroit up to Charlevoix where Ryan and Des have their, their upstate place. Um, and Plaz was just like, it's like, you've been talking about it for a while. Like you can only talk about it for so long, man. <laughs> and then Des just kind of echoed that, you know, when I, when I was, you know, hanging out with her that weekend, I'm like, Shit, we'll see. So, right. um, yeah, ended up, obviously hearing that from you know plaz and, and des obviously made you know made like it's something i kind of needed to hear and wanted to hear at the time you know so because i wanted to go get this record and you know that really kind of set it in motion yeah. kind of late july yeah how so. important has it been to you to have those kind of um mentors in your life you know whether it's des or plaz or, or anybody else i mean you're still a young guy so you know obviously there's a lot of a lot for you to learn yet oh no there's so much to learn you know like i i coach a 17 people um online so it's like um it's awesome but even though i tell them it's like i don't have all the answers so if, if i don't know or you ask me like something that i don't know there's i can call someone text someone that definitely knows the answer you know being right being plaz you know being even dathan if i had a, a legit question um des um so yeah for me it's just like 
even when it comes to like certain workouts, you know, even like last weekend I was in Georgia for a wedding, you know, and I reached out to, um, just Des, just what she thought I was either going to do this or this. She's like, yeah, stick with that. That sounds good. You know? So, um, it's, it's awesome. I mean, just being able to bounce stuff off of, you know, Plaza two-time Olympian, U.S. champion in 1990 in the 10K. Right. Des, boss marathon champion, one of the greatest American marathoners of all time. You bet. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And it's just like when you're, when those people like are willing to give advice to and like don't care when you ask or what you ask. Um, cause they just both know that I just genuinely want to learn and be, you know, maximize everything I do in this sport. So, right. um, no, so, it's, so you're that annoying uh, pupil who calls at one in the morning and says, Oh my God, that workout didn't go well. What should I do tomorrow? No, nah, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were times shit in college where Plaz was probably just like, Lawrence, what are you asking? <laughs> you, know, you know, what are you doing? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like th- those two have been been awesome, you know. So right, and they're really two of my best friends. So excellent, cool. Well, let's take uh, take everybody through Tunnel Hill a little bit then. Um, cool. Uh, Weather wise, what was it like that day? Uh, I was like at at the start, gun time seven a.m. Like thirty eight, and the sun's just coming up. So yeah, about, about perfect. Nice, really. So yeah, great, great weather. Really, like I guess kind of a breeze and it was a, a north breeze so it was like and you know tunnel hill it's you know double out and back right so i i knew i'd be kind of fighting the breeze for roughly 25 miles going from the south point to the north turnaround oh, yeah. um but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't anything right. it was like you know negligible for sure you know like right but enough to like just be annoying towards the back end for, for sure <laughs> so um right. but besides that about perfect you know weather wise temperature wise right um yeah and game plan going in was what Game plan. So this is also, and this is one thing I had thought in my head. Um, and then, you know, FaceTime Des um, prior. And she's like, yep, I think that's good. Stick with it. So my plan was going to, going to try to run four, 540 to 540 to 545 pace. Just lock in, have right. some money in the bank. Um, and that's one thing Des said too. She's like, yeah, it's rare in an ultra that you're going to be able to like negative split like you can in a marathon, you know, because you just have so many Quite miles true. underneath you. Right. Um, and just for me, it was uncharted territory. And I'd, I'd have, I had a, a 35 mile training day. It was 28 in the morning. It was like a, a session right. and then a seven mile, you know, shakeout. So it's like, still I have 15 miles to go. And that's for most people. That's a, it's a pretty hefty, hefty run. Like for my girlfriend, Allison, that'd be a, a long run, you know? Right. Um, and I still have to stack that on top of 35 miles, you know? So, um, for me, it was like, go in, have some money in the bank, um, and to get to that North turnaround with, you know, nine ten miles to go and just like it's a slight downhill as well so it's like hopefully like you just know like you're going home at that point so try to ride whatever you have left um back to the finish so the plan was like i said just have some money in the bank just in case you do start blowing up and fortunately right you, know, you, had, you needed to average what like 548 was it or you something need to average at 547 you know to, yeah, okay. to break it you're, you know 547 right. point you know it's yeah um you have a little more wiggle room with with exact paces at ultra distances i guess you know um <laughs> right. So, so yeah, shooting for 540, 545, then you get a little bit of cushion there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And truthfully, too, it, it was, that was, had I gone out of that, I think I could have really maintained it. I averaged 546 overall, but I started bleeding a lot of time because I, I was, I just started blowing up at like, you know, 42-ish. Um, but at that point, too, like I had gotten out, I felt terrible the first couple of miles because I did like a half mile jog and drills and a couple of strides. Usually I'm, 
you know, yeah. three, three mile warm up guy drills strides are pretty thorough right um obviously you're going 50 miles not you know yeah you don't need to do quite as much yeah length, right yeah so the first few miles you know all of us always do those few extra miles of warm-up before the leadville 100 you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so for me it was like get out and maintain and you know i didn't have a mile over 540 until mile mile 25 was 540 point something every mile was like 533 532 to 538 just locked in for the first half of the race i had right. i had I had two miles at the south turnaround. There's a kind of a brief pavement part. And it's, like, it's crazy how much faster you can go on pavement. I ended up running. Oh, yeah. It was like mile 13, 14, we're 527, 528. So in my head, I'm like, dude, you just put 40 seconds down on the time you need to be in two miles, you know? Um, and even in my head, right. too, I remember getting my first bottle at like five and a half miles and just like grabbing it. Like I see a, you know, a, a David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. Um, right, you know, right. Up there, I don't want to say I was like Gogginsing it, but I was like, you know, I grabbed my bottle from my dad and I'm like, like, I already got a minute down on the on this MFR, you know, like just like in my head, like just putting like put this thing away early and just maintain it, you know. Um, so that was aside for that, you know, I really warmed up at five, put a lot of work in, you know, kind of from you know 13 to 26, getting back towards the start. But in my head, I'm like, dude, you like you have like you're gonna run 443. Like you you I feel so good <laughs> at this point, you know, but then you get right. through get through the marathon, you start climbing on the back half of the race too, kinda up towards the tunnel, tunnel hill. Yeah. Um it's nothing gnarly. I mean it's like over eight, nine miles. It's just a long, long just gradual yeah, drag, and, yeah. And that's thing too. It's like yeah. I have I have a marathon on my legs already at you know, I went to the marathon in two twenty eight something. Yeah. Don't, don't exactly quote me, but um you know it's regardless no matter what it is like that's still a lot of miles in your legs and you still have 24 right. miles to go um this is where too like in my head i was like cool i just hit 26 um and I, this is where i kind of pull back to like training in boulder where prior to mccurdy um a month out i did 24 miles at 532 pace and i was like you know yeah. mentally like mentally i'm telling myself dude you run you run 530 pace at altitude for 24 you got you're at silver right now this is gonna be easy you know like just yeah. telling myself that um it's a really important lesson to trust your training yeah so many people panic at that point i mean because there are those dark times you know i think people can relate to a marathon distance i mean you get to be mile 17 18 it's a lot of miles on your legs and you still have seven or eight nine miles to go yeah um it can get pretty dark in your head at that point yeah exactly and for me it was just break it down you know and it really started to Started getting fatigued probably about 34 is right when I was like, I'm working really hard. I'm not seeing the splits that I was seeing earlier because it's, yeah. so again, it's a gradual climb, nothing too gnarly, but it's like putting a lot of work and I'm seeing, you know, 550 low. But in my head, I'm like, you're going uphill. Like you have, you have a downhill coming back. So like just, right. you have so much money in the bank. Just don't, just stay calm. So I hit 34 when it started getting pretty hard. It was just like prior to, a couple weeks prior I'd done, it was a 17 mile like workout. Um, in Boulder, it was on the treadmill because we had snow that day. But it was I averaged five seventeen for seventeen, you know, and a broken on up a workout. treadmill, huh? Yeah, yeah. it was it was five, <laughs> five four three two one half mile float. Right. But I was like, dude, you ran seventeen miles at altitude, you know, at five seventeen pace like two weeks ago. Like, right. You got sixteen to go. Like that's less than that. And you're like you, cru- like you only need to run like five fifties. You know, like you're crushing it. So just breaking it up. And at that point too, it was like my next bottle is a couple miles away. So it's like just get to the next bottle. And, you know, you'll ha- get your nutrition, you'll feel better. You know, just telling, right. telling yourself that. You can sell out for another, you can run two more 550s uphill and get your bottle, you know. Um, so just incrementally breaking it, breaking it down, you know. Well, get- I was going to say, that's ultra thinking right there. It's always get to the next aid station. and Yeah. So so you're, you're getting the hang of it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, well, this thing too. And then I get to the point where I get my bottle 
and I'd be like, and there's, it's, it's a lot easier to drink a bottle at five fifty pace, six minute pace. than it is at, you know, five ten pace running a marathon. <laughs> True. So, so for me, it was like, finish it and you'll feel better. So I'd like take my time, finish my bottle, you know, like literally run with it for probably up to half mile, like mile, I forgot the exact aid station, but roughly 40 miles. I got my bottle heading to like the North turnaround. Um, and I had that thing like up until essentially the North turnaround, probably for five, six minutes, just taking my time. Yeah. And then I was like, cool, give it a couple minutes and you'll feel better. You know, didn't feel any better in a few minutes, but it's like, okay, cool. Well, I just turned around three more miles ahead is my next, is my next bottle. Like you're good. Then you're going downhill. Then you're home. Um, or going home at least, you know, ride the downhill. So, um, yeah, it was just that mind game on repeat for the last, you know, four or 16 miles. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got brutally, brutally hard at, at like 42 yeah i was gonna say because it gets, it gets mentally fatiguing playing those games with yourself all the time yeah and for a while you're like oh yeah i'm doing this okay i, I did this and you know it's like oh geez i'm still out here yeah exactly yeah. but and that was the thing too where it's like get to the tunnel you have less than you know nine miles to go you have a downhill for you know roughly eight miles or so um and i was just like i, I had an extra gel stash and a ketone shot stashed on me that i was gonna save till 45 and then hope maybe skip my bottle at like 40, it was like 47.2 was like my last bottle. Yeah. And I'm like, at that point, if you're close enough, you don't need it. Um, but I was like starting to really blow up quads are really feeling excited. I put 26 miles in all at sub five, five forty. started climbing, working really hard. So my quads are putting a lot of power in just to maintain pace. Right. Now I'm essentially loading them going <laughs> downhill. You bet. And again, it's nothing, it's not aggressive downhill, but it's a gradual downhill. Like it still like, takes its toll. Yeah. yeah. Like, like fully fresh. Like from that stretch from the tunnel to like the tunnel hill finish line, I could probably run fully fresh for workout. I could run that ten mile stretch at sub five pace pretty easily. Yeah. But because I have so many miles in my legs, I'm just fatigued. Every step my quads are just taking a beating at this point. And I'm just like I'm picking up, putting them down, not actually getting a lot of power out of them. So I was like, the plan was again take this gel and ketone at forty five. But at forty two, I'm like, I need it now. Like I need it bad. So <laughs> so rip the gel, wash it down with the ketone. Um, and now again, just told myself, I'm like, okay, it's my 42 next bottle is 47. Now it's like five miles. Suck it up, dude. You got it. Like five miles. That's a shakeout, you know, like, yeah, like, and mentally I'm just telling myself, it's like, yeah, I usually shake out at 720, 730 pace. Like, it's like, and that feels easy at altitude, like six flat going downhill at sea level should feel really easy, man. Just like, <laughs> you got it. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just like the, the, and here, and the thing too, I was like, don't stop. You can't stop. You know, for a while, I'm like, do I stretch my quads? Do I try something? Right. Like, if you stop, you're not going to be able to start again. So do not. Um, <laughs> and then here's where it, like, mile 47, I'm just like, there's a little, tiny rise going through this underneath a, I guess, a road where it's kind of, it's like a, it's like a glorified culvert as a part of the trail you go through, you know, it goes yeah. up and you go down and then right. you start to flatten out and I get my last bottle 47, but I hit 47 and I'm just like, I need to do something. Cause I'm like, I'm starting to blow up. Um, so I stop for about 10 seconds and just pull my quads back, pull it back, pull yeah. the other one back and in my head. I'm just screaming like, go, go, go. Um, and yeah, I, I was, I'm sure there's the other little devil on your shoulder telling you, ah, you can walk for a little bit. It'd be okay. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. I'm like, do like, do not walk, do not stop, you know? So, right. Um, but I, I tell, tell you something I once did in, in a race, like similar situation and of sorts. I, I once ran a one eleven half 
And before you start thinking I'm really fast, this thing was a screamer downhill, which I didn't know when I signed up for. (laughs) Nothing Uh, wrong with that, though. (laughs) No, but um, I I remember being next to somebody at like mile 10 or 11 just saying, oh, my God, doesn't this flatten out anywhere? Because my quads are just going to hell. Yeah. And this guy gave me this idea, and I started running backwards. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and it was just—it was just the kind of break I needed. Yeah, you know, got me through that little bit of stretch, and then I continued on. And like I say, I ran this very illegitimate one eleven. But uh, hey, PR is a PR. You yeah, know, like yeah, oh, it'll always be mine yeah, for you, sure. Your family over Christmas—they they don't know the difference. So that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I, I right at forty seven. I'm like f. I got to stop. So I, I stopped real quick. It's about a ten second pause. Pulled my you know stretched it real quick. Started running again, and I felt. Felt like I was at mile 30 again. Felt pretty good, but it was only for about three, four minutes. <laughs> and, then, and then the feeling came back. But it, it gave me just enough of like, cool, we're back on it. And, and it was, there was never like an oh crap moment. Because at, at like 45, 46, I was like, I can average just under seven minutes and still get it. Still get the record. But right after 47, you know, you look down at your watch and you see like what kind of pace you're on for that mile. I was like 750 pace because I just stopped. It, like it clicked at 47. Then I essentially stopped 100 meters after that. <laughs> so like I'm already running oh well over six minute pace and then I stop. So my watch is like, well, you're stagnant. Yeah, you know, you're right. not running. So then I look down, start running and see seven fifty. I'm like, oh my God, no, did you just blow it? Then like a quarter mile later check and I'm on like six minute high pace. And I'm like, all right, cool, we're back. Right. So my yeah, mile like forty seven to forty eight was a six thirty. Um forty nine forty eight to forty nine was a six thirty because I just kinda maintained that and then um six flat last mile because I was just kind of you start seeing the clock yeah, the last tank there yeah yeah you start you see the clock probably a half mile away it's like all right we're we're home and you know i'm doing the you know i see you know whatever it was like two or sorry four hours 42 you know something with like roughly a mile to go and it's split when my watch split so um and my watch is pretty accurate detracted at like 50 point like one yeah you know so which is probably about spot on you know with not being able to take necessarily all the tangents and just the course and sure. all that so um so yeah just based everything off that so it's pretty <laughs> So roughly it was about spot on, you know, about six six flat and brought it home. So sweet. Well, congrats, man. No, it was great. And it was, that was the thing too, where it's like, you know, I crossed that line and I've gotten asked a lot, like, what was it, you know, if you're gonna ask, you know, what was it like crossing that line or anything like that? And it was just like, you know, truthfully, I just kind of finished. I'm like, told you so. Like that's that, that you know, you know, that that's what I've told my dad. You know, he was there, he's you know, super, super happy. And I was like I was excited. Right. But I was also too, I was like, Told you I was gonna do that. You know, like why are you surprised? You, you cocky know? little shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Um but yeah, I'm just happy to have to go check that box. So Yeah. Did you hear from Walmsley, by the way? Haven't, no. No? No, I mean, I mean he's up in the mountains, so who who knows yeah, right. who knows if he even knows I broke it. So Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I, 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 yeah, he's he's just off there. It's like I got, I've done so many things. Oh, somebody broke my record. Okay, great, good for him. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean he still has. You know, I think he still has like the American 100K and, and all that. So, oh yeah, he's got um, all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, and he's got his UTMB UTMB win. So nobody's know. gonna take that from him, right? No, no, well, that's thing too. Where it's like it's a record, you know. So someone can go break it tomorrow if they wanted to. So for me, it's like right. that's where you know going into like hopefully you know what I want to do next is really stay keep running marathons but i want to go try to chase one i want to lower this record and two i want to go like try to chase like a, a world title in the 100k you know because like right titles last records records fall you know so sure um that's something that's kind so, of so which world title do you covet the most probably the 100k at this point you know yeah. I, I think i can confidently say it at, like right now them would be one of the favorites on that line you know obviously it's you know the race oh, will be figure yeah yeah race is planned to be you know it's nothing's been announced yet but probably you know fall of 24 so we're you know looking at yeah 
you know, 11 months out ish. So it's like, you know, obviously you got to stay healthy. You got to have a good segment, all that. But it's like, I'm on that line. I'd like to go contend for a world title. So right. um, and ultimately try to break, you know, that world record at some point too. So, right. Um, but, but we'll see, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot easier said than done for sure. Of course. Yeah. What about hundred miles? I don't think so yet. No. I don't know. I, yeah. It, and that's thing too, where it's like, um, like I'm still good enough at the marathon, you know, where like, right. where, I can be competitive in pretty much any marathon besides the majors, you know? Right. Um, and I guess, I guess you're still competitive at the majors and you're running. I, th- I still think I'd love to run 213, 214. I think I'm probably physically capped out at that, truthfully. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just like, I know if I can run a fast marathon, I can run a good 50 mile or 100K. Um, we'll see. You know, everyone's everyone's already asked me, it's like, dude, you got to run Western States now. You know, like, what about Leadville? You know, like, right. we'll see. I'm like, I'm just pretty set on like, kind of the the season I'm in and like, trying to knock out the 50 mile 100k um and lowering those records and getting those records and getting those right. titles um like i still want to you know 50k this will be the fourth year like again nothing's been announced for 24 but if there's a 50k yeah. championship we'll have to go try to get that because it's eluded me now for this will be the fourth year that i've you know yeah, wanted yeah. to go get it so um yeah still think i have a lot of unfinished business at the marathon and really the right. 50k so try to handle that and you can always you know move up at some point so um, yeah, you know, when I was your age, I used to alternate from year to year. I would, you know, even numbered years, I would go run ultras, and the odd numbered years, I'd try to run faster 5Ks and 10Ks and such. That's awesome. Yeah, so I got my little version of periodization there. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been amazed how the demographics, as I mentioned earlier, in ultras have changed so much. It used to just be old goats like me, and then you have. Um, I remember when Claire Gallagher came along, and yeah. you know she she goes and breaks ran, ran the second fastest Leadville for women at the age of like twenty five or whatever. I'm like, where, I mean, I knew her running high school cross country here in Denver. Yeah, I'm like, how the hell did that happen? You know, and then you start seeing, you know, the the Francois, the Annie Hughes's, and just so many other young people who have jumped into the sport. It's just kind of amazing. Yeah, no, it's cool, and it's like I think we're. It's blowing up, but I think we're still kind of on the early, early, like the front end of, you know, ultra really like a major, major, major boom. So, um, especially hopefully like in the road scene, because it'd be fun to, you know, throw down against some more people for sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny in my case, I, I always said, you know what, I wonder how fast I could do a flat ultra, you know, I, I never have. Yeah. I'm always running these, um. Uh, crazy mountain races, trail races, and everything, and yeah, uh, and and all these races are always bragging. About, hey, we're the fourth hardest fifty miler in the country, or something. It's like, do we always have to brag how hard we are? Yeah, yeah. well, see, and that's the thing too. Where I and this is just, I don't know if it's insecurity, or just a, a mental thing for me. It was definitely mental, but I hate looking down and seeing like an eight nine minute mile if I'm doing something technical or doing a lot of vert. Like, I hate seeing that. I like, you know, today it was fourteen miles, average seven sixteen. You know, like. You know, first mile was like eight flat, run really easy. Then you work down, you know, low sevens for oh, the rest of it. You dude, know? that's like, nothing. I mean, I, and trust me, I I am one of those ADHD types who I love the non-technical downhills. I love to fly downhills. Yeah. Um, when I'm doing something like Leadville, you go up Hope Pass and you look at your watch and it's like 20-something minutes. I mean, that... that absolutely drives me nuts yeah I, I hate when the miles click off so slow so you know eight or nine minutes that's nothing compared well, to when they're going by 20 minutes well, or more oh well, yeah so i'd go crazy in level seeing that so yeah. you know so i'm like for now for now it's like i just want to do stick to the roads the the flat fat well not flat fast but like you know just the the road scene for sure so sure at least that's the that's the you know four-year plan at this point so. all right cool 
Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you're running Tunnel Hill and, and obviously elsewhere, you know, grabbing your bottle there. Like, what, what are you fueling with out there typically? Yeah, so one, so I have two, I have a supplement sponsor. Well, I have a nutrition sponsor and a supplement sponsor. So yeah. um, Bear Performance Nutrition, BPN. So pretty fortunate where they have a really good product. It's called G1M. Um, just mm-hmm. a carb mix, cluster dextrin based. All says, so it's 20 grams of carbohydrates. All says three, 350 milligrams of sodium. Um, right. So that was in, that was every other bottle um of just so in roughly a tunnel hills it roughly broke there were 10 bottles or 10 different stations for the 50 miles or broke out to roughly right. every five miles it wasn't ours like first one was like 5.5 10.9 point something 16 19 yeah. 26 but it averaged out to be five so it was like um let's get that in you know every every other one and then um the ones in between are also um a bpn uh, it's a new new product called the go gel so it's just a 24 grams of carbs in a gel. Um, and then I was chasing that with some B-Pan electrolytes. So just trying to stay hydrated. And then the other bottles um, were just G1M and then with the ketone shot in it as well. So from yeah. a, from HVMN, Healthy and Modern Nutrition. So All right. um, stacking, stacking that with BPN was, was what I had in my bottles. So. Yeah. So how, how many minutes roughly between your feedings, so to speak? Uh, roughly 25 to 30, you know, right. d- depending, like I said, the, the ones where it was like, mile 13 to 16 you know you're looking at 15 Less, six, 16 right. minutes um but at the same time it was just like you know my would have been i guess my third bottle like 13 was a was a gel um or wait am i saying this right yeah it would have been a gel with electrolytes so like so i made sure i got the gel just chase with the electrolytes stay hydrated and the next one was just going to be ketones with g1m so it's like i gave my stomach enough variation um, where it like wasn't gonna get too upset, you know, or I'm just not drinking the exact same thing, and obviously a little different flavor with with apple cinnamon gel versus just the lemon lime G1M or the ketone has a pretty unique mm. flavor, yeah, as well. So, um, yeah, it was easy enough to to mix it up. So, okay, um, sticking to the same thing but different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's the thing too, where it's you know I had enough practice with the marathon. It's like you got to make sure you you nail your nutrition with that, and obviously you any bet. any else distance you want to. So had a ton of practice going into like with McCurdy and stuff and had a similar concoction in my bottles. It was a, um, yeah, one bottle was just like, was just G1M. One was a gel with electrolytes and then another one was G1M mixed with a ketone shot. So essentially rotating those three, every three bottles. So, yeah. um, I just kind of like plug and played, um, with, you know, the, the feeling option or the, um, aid stations at Tunnel Hill. Right, right. So, yeah, I guess the advantage at Tunnel Hill, too, is with the out-and-back nature of it, you could have, um, I, I assume you had crew out there to hand you these things, because that's not the standard fare at the aid stations themselves. I so did. It worked out pretty well for you that way. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah, my, my dad, um, one of my kind of longtime friends, Shane Keating from my hometown Foley, um, my girlfriend Allison, and then Trevor, who um, works on the media team for BPN, was out there as well. So nice. he's one of kind of the, the media directors. So he was out there kind of getting content as well for, for BPN and, um, but they were at, you know, every station and, um, yeah, just, you know, didn't no stopping. They just held it out front, grabbed it, kept running. So, yeah, no, that helps. I mean, that's, that's the one problem when you start getting these trail ultras is you're kind of dependent on what they have out there. And yeah, I mean, in a lot of races, you can kind of stick to what you used to, but every now and then 
either they don't have what you want or you get a craving that, you know, I've, I mean, I've eaten slices of pizza. I've eaten turkey sandwiches. I've eaten all sorts of crazy stuff out there. Just, well, that sounded really good at the time. Um, there, there was a, a race in Wyoming I ran where some guy had a tray of shrimp on ice out in the middle of the wilderness. <laughs> and um, I, I wasn't a vegetarian then, but I'm like, I'm not turning down shrimp. Yeah. Out in the middle of Wyoming here. So that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So ate, ate shrimp. So, yeah, it's pretty funny like that. Yeah. No, and that was the thing, too, where, you know, I, and truthfully, and it was, you know, I was talking to Trevor afterwards, like, do you need anything? you need anything to drink? And I'm like, I'm like, no, nah, like, nothing sounds good, you know, because I just threw down, it was roughly 2,000 calories worth of gels and, and liquid carbs. So, you know, I, <laughs> right. my stomach felt pretty disgusting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, that like, that was a point where, you know, I was like, you know, eventually I was like, ah, this sounds good. You know, I want, like, steak burrito. That sounds great. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> but but for me during the race it was like I had enough liquid carbs. I was like felt pretty nasty after the race. Stomach just wasn't didn't want anything. So. Yeah, yeah. Now you're not going to be doing a Courtney Dewalter and eating pizza and drinking beer during the race. Or not quite. No, no. no. <laughs> I, I respect that you can do that. But um. oh hell yeah, woman <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what what is your normal diet like? I mean, your grocery bill's got to be hell as it is, but, you know, because obviously you got to fuel up. I mean, how much do you weigh right now? I'm about 138, 139. Ooh, I was so. going to guess a little higher than that. Well, you are a string bean. All right. Yeah. 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 So, so say about that. You know, my diet is super boring, truthfully. Like, yeah. I, I eat the same thing for, like, Monday, today is the one day I have a different lunch because I don't have a second run. Right. So, but, like, every day is the same where I get up, it's like... Pour over coffee, bread, nut butter, honey, um, ketone shot, go run. I make the exact same smoothie. Um, after every run, it's just, I just have a smoothie. If I'm, if I'm still hungry, I'll have like either just some extra granola or like a, an extra half of a bag with some nut butter and honey drizzle again. But typically it's just a, um, almond milk, um, frozen banana, blueberries, strawberries, um, spinach, protein powder, collagen, um, creatine massive like big 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 smoothie um load that up and that's usually you, just my, you throw creatine in there yeah usually, yeah yep. except like lifting just explosive muscle strength right um all that in there so um that's that's my morning so that that's my breakfast you know again if i'm still hungry have an extra handful of granola throw them bowl right. too um then yeah lunch is just i go to i'm a lazy boy usually sometimes i'll make my own like chicken salad or tuna salad but i'll just do um like whole foods has these like cranberry apple tuna um it's like pre-mixed like tuna salad you can make so i'll just do yeah. that, throw in the tortilla um have that with an apple that's my lunch pretty light if i'm still hungry i'll have an extra like more granola or right um an extra like bpn has this new product called the go bar um so it's just like a 200 calorie oat based rice based brown rice based bra so had to have that for extra calories and then you know second run dinner varies but it's always pretty basic like even tonight's just going to be um miso salmon broccoli and brown rice that's my dinner tonight so just protein yeah. carb carb veggie like yeah. super 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 simple then I'm get a little hungry for dinner so usually i'll have like a usually a protein shake before bed or um just another one of bpn's products is a field bar so just like a yeah it's a technically it's you know it's supposed to be like field performance but it tastes like candy so that's right my, that's where i get my sweet tooth so and <laughs> literally that on repeat you know six seven days yeah. a week wow um so yeah i'm a big smoothie fan too yeah um I use like uh, 
Naked Juice or uh, what's the name of the other company? They're they're like Blueberry Monster kind of base. Okay, yeah. For it. And then, um, but I, I do a lot of the same things. I, I'll buy those big tubs of Super Greens. Yep. And throw that in there. But then um, I throw in a lot of uh, turmeric and. Uh, chia seeds. Oh too. yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have any on hand, but yeah, when my girlfriend does grab chia seeds from you know Whole Foods or wherever, it's you know yeah. drizzle a few in or flax seeds, whatever we got on hand. So yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. And then uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I've had a nutritionist tell me not to bother with the collagen powder, but I still I, I use the collagen powder in mine too. Oh, load it. Yeah, I mean yeah. for me, it's just like you know most people are like yeah, hair, skin, nails, but also collagen is pretty essential just for bone health as well. You know, coming off of right and, and joint off, health. Yeah, yeah, coming off of yeah, you know, running 140 miles a week, coming off a bone injury. It's like maximize that. I also take, like we were talking off air, you know, I take a, or maybe I mentioned on air, but yeah, I take, um, you know, just calcium every day as well. Um, right. Just, just keep, you know, topping everything off, making sure I'm not, not deficient in any capacity there. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. You should be getting some calcium in that salmon, hopefully, but yeah, but, and the broccoli, it's yeah. got some calcium in there. So. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's great. So yeah. Um, you don't treat yourself at all? So, I, so this is funny where I don't want to say I've shifted in years, but like I, I used to, my go-to would just been like a, a good like hazy IPA. That would yeah. be like, that would be my favorite thing. Like typically like when I'm in heavy, heavy training, I'll have like maybe a beer like once or twice a week. Like if we're out to dinner with friends, have one. Yeah. Um, typically I'm just like, I know I just sleep better, recover a little better if I'm not. So, but when I am, that's like, that's my sweet treat. It's just like a good, a good hazy IPA. So there you go. Um, Upper yeah. Midwest boy, you got to drink your beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My, my girlfriend, she's, she has a major sweet tooth. Her thing is like, I need a little sweet treat every day. So she has like cupcakes, cookies. She has, you know, all that stuff. Like we'll right. surely go to like Lucky's Bakery. It's only about a half mile from our place in North Boulder. Yeah. Yeah. They're and great. And she like, so she'll whip it up there almost daily to grab you know, a cookie, a muffin, something. She's like, do you want one? I'm like, I'm good, babe. Thanks. <laughs> right, but, right. But yeah, no, for me, I mean, honestly, like I love my smoothie. Like, like usually just a vanilla in there, like really smooth, like add some extra vanilla extract. It tastes almost like candy to me as well. So that's, yeah. uh, that's my, that's my treat typically. No, it is funny. Like if you start taking things out of your diet, how, if you ever have them, boy, that is that a treat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so not, not massively, um, you know, select times, like even do at my buddy's wedding. Um, like I was, like I was telling you when we're setting this up where super, super fun, but you know, didn't sleep as much as I would have liked and drank a little more than I should have, yeah, but, but, but it's fun. So, right. so I got my, got my alcohol fixed that weekend and we'll, we'll, that, we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely get that fixed post trials again. But, uh, yeah. you know, for now it's just, well, to me, that's what hockey games are for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you seem like a pretty laid back guy, but you are obviously just laser focused on what you're doing as a career right now. That's, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good balance to have. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, for me, it's, and I, I don't say I get grief from my girlfriend, Allison, but she's like, babe, you gotta like, we gotta go on vacation. You gotta do something. But for me, it's like, as soon as I do something, it's, it's on to the next, you know, and it is pretty laser focused, pretty dialed, pretty set in my ways, like pretty set in my schedule with my diet. Um, you know, I like to eat around the same time as well, you know, um, but it's just very, very, very like day by day, very regimented, you know, from the activation to the, the smoothie, to the second run, to lunch, you know, all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, then that's just me too, within my, my schedule. Like I'm just, I know I training wise, I know how I recover on the schedule with sleep schedule. Like I know how I feel. So it's just something where it's like, 
just keep doing it, you know, and hopefully, you know, run as well as I can. Yeah. I mean, do you ever look at like taking an unload phase, you know, kind of like, you know, the Kenyans are notorious for, you know, just taking a month of just sitting around and getting fat, you know, before they get into their next training phase? No, I mean, I don't like, and and I think truthfully it comes from a place of just like fear and insecurity because I don't want to like, for me, it was like, and I get it too. And it's just kind of a cop out. It's like, I I had a 13, you know, 13 down months, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, sure. yeah, I was crashing and working pretty damn hard in the pool and on the bike, um, in the weight room, but it's just like, I wasn't running then. Like that's a different mental s- stimulus than running is for me. And for me, it's like, I enjoy running. You know, even after the 50 mile, I still ran, you know, that following week, it was only 30 miles, but I was right. just doing shakeouts. And for me, that was enough of, that was enough rest to be able, <laughs> to, be able to launch back into, you know, training relatively so no yeah no i've uh i've often found the gym is kind of my refuge when i'm i'm injured and that's the way i can kind of burn off that energy and everything but it never quite satisfies me the way running's going to no exactly exactly so and it's just i know at some point like and that's the thing where it's like you can only like i was saying fly so close to the sun until you get burnt so it's like (laughs) so right now you're coming off of like you know hard half this summer to marathon segment 50 miler right into the trials where it's like I'll need at some point, but it's like, if we're, you keep striking and running well, it's like, you got to keep, keep doing it while you're hot, you know? So it's like, so we'll see. Sure. Um, but yeah, at, at some point, you know, we, I promised her a vacation at some point next year. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I would urge you to just, you know, for yourself too, that it is worthwhile sometimes to have that downtime or it doesn't have to necessarily be downtime. I mean, I had my own youth sports business for 14 years and I got about four years into it and realized I haven't even taken a vacation yet. I yeah. mean, barely even a day off. And I kind of forced myself to take a vacation. And um, and even now, after I've sold the business, I'm, I'm kind of spending more time experiencing things. You know, I just got back from three and a half weeks in Asia, and I was in Africa the year before. And um, in fact, speaking, but I just thought that was just really um, important to, to kind of start experiencing things too. And yeah, but I, I did. I just thought of something. I saw somewhere where you'd mentioned you wanted to do comrades, which has always been kind of at one at the top of my bucket list. Yeah. And they um, they've really pissed me off changing the date of it. So, um, but but nevertheless, is it something that's on your radar? Oh, I, I want to win comrades. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be a sick feather in my cap for sure. Um, right. You know, it's just historic. You know, with like yeah. even you know. Salazar going and, and racing it, you know, yeah. like Josh Cox, my agent's done it. Um, you know, it, it's been on Dez's bucket list too. So it's, you know, there's, those are people that, you know, especially Josh and Dez that I respect and look up to the most in this sport. And it's just like, it's just a historic, historic ultra. So that's the oldest in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, whether it's uphill or downhill year, like I want to go try to contend for the win there. Um, I was going to ask you, do you want to do uphill or downhill? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think I could do both. Like I, I, for me, it's just go and compete on the day. Um, right. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I was already like just planning cause Dathan has like, you know, Joe Morgan, those guys doing, um, long runs from Lagerman all the way up, uh, left hand Canyon up towards like Jamestown in, uh, in Boulder. I'm like, well, I can do, I can do a lot of those, you know, right, getting right. ready for it if, it. if it is an uphill year. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause like even Allison was like, Babe, you saw they ran five forty one pace though. You know, one year I'm like, yeah, that was a downhill year. Like I could run that easy. You know, just like right. saying that. So um, yeah, for me, does it like I don't know. I'd have to probably honestly ask what I'd go and ask Des like what she thinks, what Josh thinks. You know, versus yeah, yeah, versus the years. So yeah, because they have this prevailing thinking. They're like, oh, if you're a first timer, you don't have the experience to run this. And but you know, Salazar did. Yeah, it, it, and that's also too where you know for me, it's like I've run two sixteen marathons again. Like it's a good marathon. 
but I think I can be one of the best in the world at ultras. So like, so that's why I want to kind of dabble in it where it's like Alberto, you know, the best American marathoner really like at that time or one of, you know, and it's just like, he's got the enough talent and just the engine to do it. Like, so he went and did it, you know, it's like, it's, Oh yeah. You know, I don't say within, obviously within his wheelhouse, he's, you know, one of the best American racers of all time, you know, so. Right. Um, yeah, I was actually running the uh, 81 New York City Marathon when he broke the world record on let, that course. Yeah. And I was about mile 20 or 21 hearing about it out there. He, yeah. Even before people had phones and everything, the, the word had gotten out. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. so it's like, you know, it's it's just, you know, I, I, at this point, it's something that I definitely want to want to go get. You know, I, can, I think it'd be super yeah. sick to have, have that win. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about putting yourself on the map there. And for those who don't know, I mean, it runs between Johannesburg and Peter Maritzburg. And um, I forget if it's the even numbered or odd numbered years. They run downhill and it's actually a little bit further in those years. And then the uh, the uh, the opposite year, then it goes running uphill. And um, it's I forget how many they let in the race now. I know they've changed the number. It used to be bigger and I think they cap it at like 20,000 or something. Yeah. The whole country of South Africa shuts down for it and it's all that's on tv and um when i was in south africa a year ago um i, I mentioned to people i want to run this they all knew about it yeah. you know non-runners everybody they were all like yeah you got to come back and do that it's great yeah no and even to you know a friend of mine's dom scott south african yeah. so you know and her she was home you know let's say a month ago or so um and her parents have these like just plaques on a wall of, like two oceans and comrades you know and just like right. just it's gnarly like how cool it is and just historic like globally and also just in south africa you know so yeah um yeah yeah they got some cool ultras in cape town now too yeah That's exactly been a whole recent thing but uh yeah the comrades even they always make a big deal about the first person to finish after the cutoff you know they fire off gun or cannon or something and you know mr irrelevant kind of thing and that person's like like world famous in, in yeah. south africa you know make a big deal i mean i had a similar thing you know we talked before about like you're never there's always somebody behind you somebody ahead of you well i've actually been the last ass of the leadville 100 i was <laughs> i was coming back from one of my uh, knee surgeries and uh, you know wasn't in in the tip-top shape and i was the last ass there and um and, and you're famous as hell there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. So with Leadville, and this is just because I'm still a novice. I'm still learning the ultra world and races. So right. you finished Leadville though, correct? Four times. Yeah. Okay. But like, but that year, did you finish it? Yes. Okay. Got you. Because so, but you so you made all the cutoffs and everything, and barely. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I was within four minutes of the cutoff every single aid station from mile sixty on in. I mean, that's it was serious stress. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but, but I finished in twenty nine hours and fifty eight minutes. I still, two minutes to spare. Still got the hundred miles in. So. <laughs> oh, I was so determined. I was going to get it no matter what. But, no, I love uh, it. Yeah, and, and then you're the last ass. They give you the best trophy ever. It's the back half of an ass. And, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. And then I got to go on the stage with ian Sharman, the men's winner and the women's winner and, and me it's yeah. like so freaking unbelievable and that's cool because I, I mean i've you know a good friend of mine like he's done level twice and has missed a couple cutoffs like yeah. two years you know so it's like even just like finishing that race is massive especially coming off an injury like yours and yeah that's like it's you know even yeah. just a buddy of mine matt you know he, he just finished it last year and it was just like such an accomplishment and it's like super sick but yeah that, that'd be awesome to be literally the last ass like I, I honestly yeah i didn't know that was a thing truthfully i yeah i'm just such a novice still in in this oh, ultra yeah. space so. yeah and i know most races have a big deal like western states the last finisher is a big deal i don't know if every race it's such a big deal but so just 
and again, this this is not about me, this interview here, but um, it was so funny because I'm coming in and, you know, I've got all my splits figured out. I knew exactly what it was going to take and I'm hurting like a mother. And I figured, well, I mean, like the last aid station was almost deserted. Everybody, you know, all the runners who were going to finish had pretty much gone through already. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking the finish line's deserted and I'm getting closer to Leadville and it's a mob scene. I didn't know everybody waits for the last finisher. Yeah. And so I had in my mind, like I was going to like walk the last 400 meters in and it's like, God damn it. All these people are out here and they know my name. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I had to run in there. Yeah. You better start picking your feet up, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge deal. I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah. It was very cool. But um, but yeah, so like I say, they got the uh, Mister Irrelevant, whatever comrades, and um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, but yeah, I I've always wanted to do that, and I was really pissed off because it used to be in June, and just in the last couple of years they've moved it to the week before Leadville. Yeah. So it's like okay, if I if I'm going to be running Leadville, I can't do both. Yeah, now. that's tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough double. So. Yeah, be really tough. Yeah, they come up with all these lame-ass excuses about, um, well, if there's another COVID outbreak over our winter, which is, you know, our summer, yeah. that this would give us a little more buffer. Plus, there's more daylight in August than there is in June, yeah. which is the shortest time of the year. It's like, yeah, 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 I get it, but I I, I thought it was a bunch of BS. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's really a convoluted process to get in if you're not an elite runner, too. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. Or even for me, you know, just talking to – I'd have to, you know, reach out to a different coach – that it can get a certain bib, get in the field. So it's even yeah. for me, it's like I have to go, I have to reach out to a few people just to guarantee that I'm in the race, really? you know? So yeah, we should just, you know, in the early, early, early talks, if I wanted to go this year, right? Um, we'll see. That'd be another, be hard to add to the schedule for sure with, with the trials, you know, maybe you want to do 50K champs right after and then comrades right. and 100K champs, but um, it's still still a process nonetheless. So. Yeah, no, it doesn't have to be this year or next year, whatever. But uh, I do know a couple of uh, Boulder-based South Africans, though, who I might be able to set you up a little bit there. Yeah, that, that'll definitely help. So yeah. I'm sure, sure they know the right people to talk to. Probably, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, cool. Well, hey, what have we missed here? I think we hit a lot. I mean, we got we got Tunnel Hill. We got the Minnesota up, upbringing. Got Plaz in there, Des in there. Um yeah, I got kind of the, the whole scene, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, like obviously looks looks forward and everything with comrades and right. You know, checked a lot of boxes for sure. Well, cool. Well, you know, um, we talked about Marty, that guy I, I mentioned who ran for Mankato, and um, as you were talking, you were mentioning places like St. Cloud, and I could hear that Minnesota accent really bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I used to get a Marty's case really bad all the time because there was a certain word he could not say to save his life. And it's that round breakfast food that's not a donut, it's chewy. The, yeah, so you can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. My girlfriend flames me every every time I say it. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's bagel. It's not bagel. Bagel. Yep. Yeah, that's Central Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even see, like, and this is like, I'm not like, not coming after like my hometown, but they, like, there's a town called Gilman, the north of there, north, like, kind of near St. Cloud, north of there. It's like, they have a very, very slow draw, like almost, and there's a lot of A's in there from Canada. So right. I think I avoided some of that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I have like bag or bagel. No, you're screwed. I know. <laughs> that one just kills me. The other one that actually kills me is, you know, we were talking off air before about pizza being I'm from New York. I'm very snobbish about my pizza. And I spent one summer living in Minnesota. And the first time I ordered a pizza, nice round pizza comes out and they cut it into squares. 
That's Minnesota style. I know. Tavern style, man. I know. And I said to him, why the hell did you ruin my pizza like this? And I said, I can't pick up the pieces in the middle. There's no crust. That doesn't make any sense. And here's, here was this dude's answer. He's a, a classic, well-educated Minnesota public school system kid who says, well, you get more pizza this way. Exactly. Yeah. A lot more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can, eat, you can eat a lot more and like, feel like you haven't ate as much because it's just little, little pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. All it's right. Minnesota Mines. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well. Uh, go Gophers or something. I don't know. Go Gophers. Yeah. Sky Ma. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so I feel so bad for you. The, the well, the Yankees finally got beaten by the Twins this year. I mean, for a long time, the Twins were just our whipping boy forever. Every so. year. Yeah. 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 It's been one of my my buddy's wedding, Christian, that I was just at. He literally has a running tally of like Minnesota championships since I've been born. It's zero, <laughs> and it's just like, right. and it's a running count of like you know Timberwolves, Twins. Wild Vikings, just Zippo, nothing. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's been brutal, but yeah. Well, as a New Yorker, it's been a pretty rough year to be a New York sports fan too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Rangers are playing great right now, which is awesome, but it's it's been pretty ugly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, hey, where can people find you out there, Charlie? Uh, easiest thing: Instagram Lawrence underscore Char. Um, right there, definitely. Yeah. Definitely IG. So yeah, I'm not a Strava guy. I definitely got that from Plaz, where um. You know, I was on it for a little bit in college, and he's like, "Stop posting the SHIT." He's like, "He's like, I don't want Wisconsin knowing what we're doing. I don't want Iowa knowing what we're doing. Like, right. f them. Like, we're not telling them." So, yeah, I really haven't been on Strava since. Okay, um, no, that's fair. You, you know, it, it is interesting that you're kind of a minimalist, if you would, when it comes to uh, social media. Because, I mean, what do you think of the, like the current crop of kids? I mean, we've had a bunch of. Uh, high school kids breaking the four-minute mile, probably more than we ever have before. And, man, they seem to be all about the social media. In fact, um, this past summer, I know they had a camp in Boulder. And I thought, oh, cool, maybe I can go meet some of these guys, bring them on the podcast. And what I found out, it it wasn't really about running. It was about enhancing their social media presence. Yeah, no, I mean, it's massive. You know, and, like, I... I love. I mean, I'm on. I doom scroll Instagram like every day. I'm on it way too much, truthfully. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just like you know. Obviously, I have some media incentives in my contracts and stuff, and can make extra money doing that, which is great. Right. Um, but also too, it's like there's a fine line between like doing too much and just like clogging up your quality. Whereas like when I post, I like to, it to be super super high quality if I can. Um, but also too, it's also just keeping the followers in the loop. And even in a way, it's like Instagram's become my Strava in a way where like you're gonna see my training. You're gonna like. You know, post longer, you're going to see my watch pick. You know, like even yesterday I posted a, a reel with some songs over it, like talking about my day or what I average that I'm shaking out later. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's massive nowadays. You know, there's yeah. there's an article, and I forgot who came out with it, but my girlfriend Allison kind of quoted it because she works in marketing for, for Koros watches. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like, where's the line between athlete and influencer where there's there's a pretty, there's not really a fine line anymore, right? Where it's like, Mm-mm. you know, some brands like, are paying influencers way more than they're paying pro athletes, you oh, yeah. know, just because they can get out to more people, you know? So it's like, there's a line where it's like, you do have to have a social presence, you know? So, right. so for me, it's like, obviously want to post high quality, but not clutter, clutter right. mine, mine too much. So, uh, but cashing where I can for sure on, yeah. on the social media side, but also right. too, it's like, you can definitely have both where it's like, you run well, like run super, super well, you're going to gain a lot of followers. People are just going to follow you and want to know what you're doing. Right. And also too, it's like the more followers you have, possibly more endorsements you can get from, X brand, but also you got those followers because you ran well first, you know, and yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a unique, unique kind of like world we're in with that 
Oh, it is. You know, I um, I think it's Nico Young I saw was advertising Firefly. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, what is the average? I mean, most people are going to use Firefly, I think, are going to be people who are older, maybe probably have some aches and pains or whatever. I don't know. But I'm just thinking, why should we trust a... How old is Nico Young now? 18, 19 years old, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it seemed kind of crazy to me that he's their spokesperson, so to speak, that's yeah. showing up on my Instagram feed. Here's thing, too. I mean, yeah, Nico's Nico's a guy, one, baller. You know, one of the best runners in the NCAA. One of those high schoolers, right. really, ever, probably. Yeah. Um, so he has a lot of legitimacy with, with his accolades. And it's like, oh, how does Nico recover? He's his firefly, you know? Yeah. So pretty pretty good endorsement for him now with NLIs. Right. Um, or... NILs. NILs, right. NILs. Um, yeah, he, I mean, go get your money, man. Like, get in any way you possibly can. So oh, I, yeah. I respect that. So No, I totally respect that. I just I, I just think it's interesting from, say, Firefly's oh, standpoint. Oh, 100%. Like, this is the guy you're putting out there necessarily, yeah. yeah. And it's just, you know, what what's his market? You know, I still think, you know, Nico's young enough where it's like, you're going to get a lot, of, a lot of high school kids that look up to Nico being like, Mom, Dad, I need, like, heck, you know, when right. if I was in high school and right now and I saw Nico, like, I looked up to all the top NCAA dudes. Right. I'd probably be like, Mom, for Christmas, I want some fireflies, you know? So Sure. Um even too like we joke, so my yeah, so my girlfriend Allison, she used to work for like Whoop as well and they did some mm-hmm. stuff with you know, Tin Man right. Tin Man Boys and like it was a genius marketing idea to work with those guys because like every high schooler that looked up to Tin Man went and bought a whoop, you know, like yeah, yeah. And she got got their mom's credit card and you know <laughs> her parents' credit card and boom, got a whoop and there's you know, thirty dollars a month they're paying for a membership and you know, being right. like being like Drew because Drew wears a whoop. So yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm amazed at how many kids you see wearing Tin Man Elite uh, gear. Oh, dude, I mean, what what Drew Reed Sam? I mean, like I I admire it too. You know, like they're right. it's especially how they came up through like kind of just Instagram and social media. Um, incredible, you know what, yeah. what they built. So especially like kind of the OG boys that have been through it. You know, yeah. But I mean, guys like Drew, I thought really. A- it was through his running achievements that he achieved his fame. It wasn't exactly. because of social media first. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he is, again, one of the greatest high schoolers of all time. You know, yeah. like sub four, like gets an awesome concert from Adidas, you know, just goes pro out of, you know, decommits from Oregon, goes <laughs> pro and like, right. you know, just kind of ragtag group. And it's like, you know, Reed got connected with him through Joe and then just like right started training together, running hard. And, you know, you have, you have fallen from running well, running fast, being Drew. Um, and then it's just like, Hey, we're going to start posting about our lives and you know what we do. And, you know, just, you get this massive, massive following and especially with the rise of Instagram through the late, you know, 20 teens and, yeah. um, it's awesome timing. I mean, they're one yeah. of the, really the first to take advantage of all that. So, yeah, I would just think though, I mean, obviously Nico's taking money from Firefly for instance, which is, you know, more power to him, but yeah. I would just think. Wouldn't it be more effective in a way if he were endorsing McDonald's? Because isn't that what most kids his age are eating all the time, you know? Or, you know, gummy bears or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, just, I don't know. Just like I say, it's like a really serious product, which is cool. But I always thought, man, shouldn't he be like going out there and getting the you know money from uh, Papa John's or Jersey Mike's or, you know, Jimmy John's, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, and for me too, like social media wasn't that big because I was 2013 to 2018. It was getting bigger. But, like, I mean, I would have loved to, like, go try to get as many, you know, NIL deals as I could in college. It would have been just, like, a little fun game. That's just, at that point, it's just oh yeah, it's just beer money and fun money, you know? Well, so. well, well that's actually my get-rich thinking right now in that 
You go to the minor schools, the minor sports at the minor schools, if you would, you know, the University of Denver women's soccer team or the, and just go up to them and say, hey, Snarf Sandwiches is going to give each one of you a hundred bucks and all the sandwiches you can eat all year. Yeah. And they'll say, sure. Done. Yeah. yeah. And the next thing you know, well, the swimming team heard about this. They want in on this. And yeah. the next thing you know, the, this team, what, you know, I just think if some agency puts this together there um you know just all these little deals will add up yeah i'm not getting you know bryce young a six million dollar deal from a chevy dealership but um but yeah all these little things will add up and you make some money oh 100 i mean that's the thing for me it's like i don't currently don't have a shoe contract but it's like been able to put together enough incentives in my contracts and you know with just base pay or it's like i'm doing just fine you know with good you know so it's it's great you know if yeah. you just kind of play that game a little bit so um, and also too, it's, it's ultimately, it's, it's, I don't want to call it a game, but it's, it's business as well. You know, you gotta like, right. you gotta know the right people as well, but it's like just maximizing everything you can with, with brands and, you know, and well, yeah. your, so, you know, really the, the NIL for sure it, to an extent in, in pro running. So, yeah, well, obviously the, we all know about the hungry athletes, so to speak. Oh but, yeah. Um, and you know, again, you've got a, a, a finite time to earn this money, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, strike on it and just keep keep hammering away as the plan. Absolutely. So hey, last thing I, I noticed, uh, you know, talking about Instagram and everything, you're, you're running without your shirt and you got some ink out there, and I have a feeling you got some stories behind some of those, right? We got a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, my you can't really obviously I'm wearing, wearing pants and everything right now, but first ever tattoo. My dad had a few tattoos. My mom was really against them for a long time, right. but my Christmas present, my freshman year of college, didn't have a tattoo in high school. So this is fall of fall winter 2013. I got the Minnesota M. Um, right where under my running shorts, you can see that. So that was like right. lots of guys on the team had that. Um, you know, like Chris Rombo at the time had had it. You know, he's a Big Ten champ. was like a 19-year-old. Beat Tekken Camp and Selinski. You know, I was like a true second year, like just yeah. baller. So he had the M. So I was like, I definitely want to get the M if I go to go to the U. So got that. And then, yeah, essentially it's just been, I won't say it's addicting, but it's, it's a low-key addicting. So start adding pieces, <laughs> you know, like I got the M. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see what I get, you know, the next one. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm in the dorms over winter break. And one of my, me and my teammates, Brad, were just like, dude, let's go get a tattoo. So he wanted like track and field and, and Greek. So I got Sidious, you know, faster in Greek right there. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's just been like, over the years, just been piecing everything together. You know, um, most recent one, I actually have to get it touched up, but never thought I'd be a hand tag guy, but one got 448.21 tattooed oh, nice. right there. So um, I got, got my world record right there. Um, you know, that's right there. That's so where it's a little sister in French. So I have one little sister. Cool. Um, you know, and even too on my on my right arm, it's a whole piece, but it's the skyline of Minneapolis from Dinky Town. Um, has some axes on it. Got the state of Minnesota inside. Um, got like my mom's birthday on my back shoulder. An Indian. My grandpa grew up uh, Red Lake Indian Reservation. Oh yeah, um, in northern Minnesota. Yeah, so he actually he played football at the U as well. He was starting quarterback in the the forties. Oh no way! Um, but when he passed away, though, yeah, um, like my dad and uncle, like we have the Indian tattoo. So when I was like, was able to get that. Oh cool! What um, tribe was he? He was, uh, so it's Ojibwe, Chippewa, Ojibwe, or yeah. Ojibwe tribe, um, but it was like specific Chippewa in northern Minnesota. So, yeah. Yeah. Native American, yeah, Chippewa Indian. So, awesome. Um, yeah, just several, several pieces, you know. Um, this is like, kind of show you this. Got the Minnesota Hams beer crown right there. So, <laughs> so my, my dad grew up, they grew up working on a beer truck in northern Minnesota. Right. Um, so he is, he is like, don't quote me. It's like fifty thousand dollars worth of Ham's beer merch in our in our in our man cave. He has a ten by ten like, um, 
bar sign out front. I was uh, gonna say. I, our, I thought you were gonna say a ten foot tall bear. No, no. no well, so he does have the Ham's beer like costume yeah. um, that he wears for Halloween. So it's like there's like five in the world. You know, he has one of them. So really, yeah. Wow. So so he loves it. But yeah, just like. It's lots of stories. Like every everything has a story to it. Um, you know, even too, I can pull my sleeve up. Like the Detroit D living like the, in the Detroit area. Oh yeah, um, okay. And joining Hansons and stuff. Gotcha. So like I All love right. Detroit. Super underrated city. Had a lot of fun there um, <laughs> when I could get down. So right. um, really, Detroit's underrated. Underrated. Okay. Yeah. You say so. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's it's a fun town for sure. So. All right. Um, well, yeah. Since two thirds of the population moved away, it's it's much better now. Yeah. I, I mean, for for me, I spent most of the time like in Midtown Detroit. So that's like Little Caesars Arena. Right. Um, Detroit Tiger Stadium. Um, one of my favorite restaurants of all time. Gray Ghost is down there. Um, nice. It's kind of a cool cool strip from yeah you know, I, downtown. I, to, I, I spent one day down there. I went to a game at Comerica Park. Yeah. And, Comer- I, I don't know how I forgot Comerica Park, but yeah. Yeah. So. Fun time. So, yeah, just, you know, pieces and, you know, like the Indian arrow right there just on my wrist as well. Okay. Um, so. Going back to your heritage. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Trying to think what else I got. You know, I got, got like mountains on my ribs, kind of when I moved out here. Um, I think it's funny you got the ham's crown. I would have put the bear on there. That's a lot more well, impressive. Yeah, my dad has the bear on his bicep, oh, really? which is funny. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, from the land of sky blue waters. Exactly. I, I, I remember that from the one summer I lived in Minnesota. The, yeah. The jingle. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the beer of Minnesota. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, yeah. cool. Thank you for sharing all that. Of course. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, everything is uh, definitely, definitely meaningful to me. So it's, uh, it's great. You know, just kind of, I'm not, not artistic in any way. You know, like I, I, my girlfriend paints, um, like hell of an artist. Um, I can't sing or anything. So like, <laughs> so for me, it's just like, I respect people that can do tattoos, that can paint, that can sing. Um, and when they can, you know, do it like on you as like art i just have a high appreciation for it so yeah i was gonna say i'm very one-dimensional everything with me is about sports so yeah i do admire anybody who's got artistic musical talent because i have none yeah, so. yeah I'm right so there you go. You. you're just expressing it in body art exactly yeah that's cool well hey i know you got other things i should probably uh wrap this up here with it but this has been fantastic uh i know we could probably chat for a whole lot longer and uh beat up on each other's hometowns or whatever yeah <laughs> Next time. Yeah. There you go. Episode two. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I got to get you to a hockey game. How's that? Hey, deal. All well, right. Well, I'm showing up in gopher gear, but. Uh. <laughs> well, we, won't, we don't play the gophers this year. Yeah, I know. Denver, uh, I missed that rivalry, actually, because we used to be in the same league, but. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah WCHA. It was, yeah. it was iconic. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, that's what I grew up with. So, it's. Yeah. I, I missed the uh, Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota games for sure. Yeah. I mean, we still have North Dakota, who's become our blood rival now. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll have to get together for one of those. Yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, well, good. Well, hey, thank you so much again for coming down. It's been a great bunch of fun to meet you here. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Bill. You betcha. Really cool guy. And the focus, self-belief, and determination on Charlie is impressive, isn't it? Thank you to Charlie, and thanks to all of you very much for listening to the We Are Superman podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you can load all new episodes onto your phone. If you enjoy the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends or on social media. And please do me a favor and take 60 seconds and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform on which you listen to us. I would also be humbly honored if you would write a review as well. These five-star ratings and reviews really do help us make more episodes and rise higher in the podcast services search algorithms, helping more people find our show. Until next time, always be positive.